What does freedom mean? Tune in to LRN.FM to find out. LRN.FM is the Liberty Radio Network, a collection of live talk radio and podcasts, all coming from a principled pro-liberty perspective. LRN.FM show hosts aren't left, right, or conspiracy kooks. You can tune in 24-7 to LRN.FM via your phone, computer, satellite, and more. Listen free anytime at LRN.FM. That's LRN.FM. KKSM Oceanside. You took the mystery burger. You are in full possession of the burger. AM 1320. You will have to sign for it. Sure, man, I'll sign. Where's the pencil? I don't wish to alarm you, my son, but the signature will have to be in blood. The Radio Revolution. We're involved in sort of a low-key war against apathy, where they might, just for a second, question enough of their environment to do something about it. As long as they don't feel their environment and they don't worry about it, they're not going to do anything to change it. And something's got to be done before America scarfs up the world and f***s on it. Free Thought Radio. Your source for independent music, independent talk, from independent minds. Only on KKSM AM 1320. The Radio Revolution and podcasting on LRN.FM, the Liberty Radio Network, freethoughtmedia.org. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Free Thought Radio, part of the Free Thought Media Network at freethoughtmedia.org. I'm your host, Alex Fiddle, here live every Monday, 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on KKSM, the Radio Revolution on AM 1320 in North County, San Diego, Cox Cable Channel 957, across the entire county of San Diego where you get Cox Cable, and freethoughtmedia.org slash live where you have the webcam and the audio stream, both up on there. And so I, I'm, I'm kind of reporting live right now from from this government shutdown, and, and uh, while we haven't resorted to cannibalism yet, I... Uh, I, uh, I'll keep an eye out and I'll, I'll keep you guys updated on, on everything I'll, and all the chaos and destruction going on everywhere. <laughs> but in all seriousness, though, I think this shenanigans, and first of all, it didn't shut down. The government's still killing innocent people in Middle Eastern countries. The NSA is still spying on you. Uh, you're still going to get taxed. The Federal Reserve System didn't uh, end because police officers are no longer enforcing legal tender laws. So... Uh, a lot of people were calling it a slim down, which is a lot more accurate. Uh, uh, just a big bunch of theater, and and I think this is just exactly you know a telltale sign that the two party system has completely failed. Both parties uh, pushing for their corporatist healthcare uh, agenda. Uh, you know that Obamacare is a corporate insurance bailout, and so would Romney Care. Um, and, and that's why McCain's for it and everything like that. It's just, you know, a tell, telltale sign that really that we should have uh, maybe out, outgrown the two-party system last election. And actually, my guest for this hour, uh, her name's Christina Tobin. Uh, she actually co-moderated two presidential debates with the alternative candidates. One was uh, co-moderated with Larry King and the other one with syndicated radio host Tom Hartman. And they featured the Green Libertarian Constitution and Justice Party candidates. And, uh, you know, just on that notion that the two-party system has failed. But she's going to be talking about uh, how to get that momentum going 
um, without waiting for elections to change things. And part of that is just increasing awareness among young people. And they have an awesome music festival coming up next year uh, that will do that. So it's going to talk all about it right now. Joining me now is Christina Tobin. She's the founder and chair of Free and Equal Elections Foundation. Christina, welcome back to the program. Thank you so much, Alex, for having me. No problem. So at the 2012 presidential debates that Free and Equal hosted, uh, you had presidential candidates such as Gary Johnson and Jill Stein predict that a bigger police state will rise, uh, new wars will be sought, and current ones still fought. Uh, what's your take on all those predictions coming true with the whole Syria debacle, drone strikes continuing to massacre innocent people, the, the Edward Snowden revelations, and, and more police militarization efforts being pursued? Well, I think uh, what they had to say is quite accurate, but the one thing they didn't factor in um, was what I feel is a positive, powerful, peaceful movement rising, you know, larger mm -hmm. than our government, outside of our government, that I feel will come and take back our government, replacing Democrats and Republicans alike with independents, with individuals across the spectrum. And you know, that was one of the primary reasons why Free and Equal hosted the presidential debate and bringing so many great leaders across the spectrum together, you know, from Jill Stein, Green Party presidential, to Gary Johnson, Libertarian, Virgil Good, Constitution Party, and even Rocky Anderson with the Justice Party. And while we have some disagreements, that debate taught us that we can have intellectual conversations and discuss things. And, and what I've learned well, probably well over a decade ago, the two-party system has been intentionally dividing us and playing us. And they're really a faction of the same party controlled by the elite that use the two-party system as a tool to, you know, provoke needless chaos throughout the world. So mm -hmm. if we didn't have this positive movement rising, which I foresee happening very quickly, yes, Jill Stein and Gary Johnson would be right. Uh, but fortunately, I think that they may be wrong because we are... Uh, there are far, far more of us than there are of them, and, and we're going to unite very quickly here in the upcoming months. Definitely, and, and I, I certainly uh, credit you uh, the last time we talked about o opening my eyes to something I, I kind of had some suspicions about, uh, that the Federal Reserve and the war machine control uh, the two-party systems and the presidential election process. My suspicions were arising because of the exclusions of Gary Johnson, the teleprompted fraud at the, at the GOP convention against uh, Ron Paul's delegates, Jill Stein being arrested. And then what you pointed out to me, which was, you know, kind of like what actually made it factual that the money trail of the Commission on Presidential Debates leads right up to the Federal Reserve's hegemonic owners. I mean, the same people that control the media, uh, that use the media to abuse the gatekeeper role and just pummeling, you know, Obama and Romney, Obama, Romney over and over again without mentioning any of the alternative candidates. What do you make of that aspect of the system, and why does that make free and equals role in breaking that system so important when the system maintains you know, these mass-murdering wars? Well, everything you said is 100% accurate, and uh, thank you for listening to a lot of my messaging. I keep a lot of my interviews very consistent for a reason, because I feel my role is to pave the way. Uh, and to enable leaders like Jill Stein to three-time Emmy Award-winning journalist Amber Line, the Emmy Award-winning journalist Ben Swan, you know, all these amazing leaders um, paving the way for them to have more voices. And, 
And we all recognize, like you said, the Federal Reserve. Yes, a private institution created in 1913. It's controlled by the elite. No coincidence that, or uh, you know, that the Commission on Presidential Debates is uh, run by the former chair of the Democratic and Republican Party, and 50, 60 million dollars is funneled in, you know, from mm-hmm. the elite to uh, then in return the Commission, you know, runs ads on ABC, NBC, CBS. There's another tool, the mainstream media. They run ads on them who they in return sponsor and you know if, if it, it's not a conspiracy and it's just uh speaking of the word conspiracy i mean that's just another since when has it become not good for people to express their opinions you know it's mm-hmm. it's our it's up to the individual to determine whether somebody's opinions are accurate or not you know mm-hmm. so it's just all these seemingly divisive and these tools and it's so obvious that the system um wants to divide us. And so I'm not sure if I'm answering your question uh, directly, but um, in order to, you know, to counter that, uh, we will recognize that we have been played, we have been fooled, and we have been well intentionally dumbed down by the system. And our elders have been kind of brainwashed into thinking, oh, we, there's, there's no hope. We're giving up. And Mm -hmm. I always say over and over again, giving up is not an option. If we give up, they win. Mm -hmm. That is not an option. So, um, again, I'm not really sure specifically what your question was, but uh, I hope I addressed it somewhat. Um, so. Just just what you make of the, the funneling of the money of the, from the Federal Reserve into the Commission on Presidential Debates. Yeah, I guess that does answer your question. All ties together, and it is not, it's definitely not a conspiracy. Facts are facts. Mm-hmm. And so um, this is all tied, again, to the elite controlling the monetary system, the Commission on Presidential Debates, and so on. Uh, again, all these tools. And so when we rise and we take our government back and we replace Democrats and Republicans alike and we shift our our government back to the origins of the Constitution, of which, you know, you know, doesn't mention parties. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a true believer in the fact that parties don't work. They can't be fixed from within. And you did touch on the RNC thing, Ron Paul. Mm-hmm. I mean, what happened there? <laughs> a prime example of the parties, they'd rather crash the party than let somebody else take over. Mm-hmm. And the direction Rand Paul's going in, whether he knows it or not, and a lot of fingers are pointing that he does, but I still like to give the benefit of the doubt, it's a dead end, mm-hmm. whether he knows it or not. And I've seen even personally uh, from within both the National Libertarian Party and Green Party that as soon as the party becomes larger, it inevitably becomes infiltrated. And those national parties then become disconnected with the state parties. And, you know, parties attract people who want power. And it's just parties just don't work. Mm-hmm. And so a movement of individuals and independents are going to rise. And with the power of social media and technology, it's so logical so simple. I don't know how many haven't, you know, grasped to this concept yet, but I hope in what we're doing, most of us, if not all, do very soon because it's our last chance to take back our government. And when we rise and, and uh, parties fade away, fade away and money and politics fade away, we have a long-term solution for that here at Free and Equal. Then peace is going to rise and technology is going to advance and great things are going to happen. The world will be what I think most, if not all, people want, just happy and harmonious. Definitely, and uh, I definitely would agree that we can't wait until 2016 to change things. Uh, and, and in regards to Rand Paul, even where he has compromised on Iran and the NDAA and uh, a, f- a few other issues, um, I even think that they may even do the same kind of fraud with a teleprompter or something like that at the GOP convention in 2016, e- even though we can't really wait for that. And I don't really have... 
animosity towards anyone who voted for the lesser of two evils. But looking at it from the bigger picture, it, those people were really playing politics with the lives of innocent people in the Middle East who wouldn't care whether it was a Republican or a Democrat killing their families. Uh, it's kind of morbidly immature uh, that people idol- idolize politics so much that it, that the death of innocence is out of sight and out of mind. Um, and really, that's because the two parties are really the one party, the war party. Uh, so wh- why is it important that people ditch the immature game of two-party politics, which is you know a purposeful divide-and-conquer strategy of the two-party system, like you point out? And what would be the global impact of ousting the war party? And I wanted to, you know, address uh, Rand Paul. And, um, you know, when I heard his uh, mom, Carol Paul, when he had endorsed Mitt Romney, she did an interview and made it very, very clear, you know, within an hour before the endorsement, she knew nothing about it. And I heard Ron Paul, Dr. Ron Paul, talk about at one point how he's fearful that he wouldn't even have access to his own Facebook social media pages. So it became very apparent to me that there is a disconnect between, you know, Dr. Ron Paul, Carol Paul, and and their son, Rand Paul. Mm -hmm. And that's when I turned my head. And then I started connecting with some pretty high-level people from national parties, um, even the two parties, um, that, you know, kind of communicated to me, well, you know, the Republican Party or did communicate, not necessarily the Romney campaign, intentionally fell short this past election so they could blame everything on the Democratic Party and run Dr. Rand Paul at 16 and government will still grow. Mm -hmm. And so I sit back and I I see Rand Paul, you know, from the, you know, Iran and India and sanctions on Iran, you Mm -hmm. know, it's just compromising is not an option. When you have those hardcore Republicans that are breaking away from the Republican Party, they may think, well, Rand Paul is the answer, but it's another trap. If you were to run as a party person in 2016, he of all people should know that parties don't work because look at what they did to their, you know, his father mm-hmm. again at the RNC. So parties are a dead end. And that's a trap if Rand Paul runs as Republican in 2016. No matter what, government will still grow if he's elected. And that keeps the two-party system alive. And the next thing you know, it goes back into, you know, it just, it's just, just a bad idea. Um, ditching the two-party politics, uh, global impact, yes, that's the way to do it. Uh, we could have three, four, five, six parties in the U.S. It's not the answer. As I mentioned, as, for example, the National Libertarian Party last year, when we moderated, um, hosted, that is, free and equal elections, a presidential debate uh, moderated by Larry King and myself, it was the most exposure the entire campaign the National Libertarian Party's presidential candidate, Gary Johnson, had gotten participating in that debate with Larry King. Every single state party, from my understanding, covered that debate. However, the National Libertarian Party, not a peep. Mm-hmm. They did not cover the debate at all. It was a clear signal that the National you know, Libertarian Party, the most successful, most exposure, that their presidential candidate, the fact that they didn't even acknowledge that he participated to their fellow members in a debate moderated by Larry King, viewed by over 20 million people, top 10 trending on Twitter, just a clear example, I have many others, of why parties just don't work, even third parties. So mm-hmm. I do see people rising and... I do see a national database listing every single candidate running for office. Many will have to, they'll be forced to run under party lines in 14. The local races are by far the most important. And mainstream media leads us to believe the presidential is. That's a big, you know, yeah. <laughs> lie, imagine. Again, Definitely. mainstream media misleading and lying. It's those local races that are key. Even Dr. Ron Paul said the congressional races are key. 
So I've listened to these leaders from Dr. Ron Paul, who's endorsed Free and Equal, to Ralph Nader, who's endorsed Free and Equal, and I've taken what they've messaged, you know, from finally Dr. Ron Paul saying, if we're ever going to bring about a revolutionary change, two things would need to be involved. We would need the youth and music. And then Ralph Nader saying, if you're a true leader, creates more leaders, not followers. And that's my role, to build leaders, and those leaders to build more leaders. Mm -hmm. So um, I thank those gentlemen for paving the way for a great movement that I foresee rising and a huge movement of festivals and igniting the youth to run for a local office and uh, ditching the two-party politics and bringing the power back to individuals. And, and that will result in shifting our government back to the origins of the Constitution. Definitely. For those just joining, I'm speaking with Christina Tobin. She's the founder and chair of Free and Equal Elections Foundation and on that subject of, uh, uh, of uh, music and everything like that. Free and Equal had announced a follow-up to the alternative debates to, uh, to continue this wave um, as, again, we can't wait for elections to change things, uh, which uh, was now the United We Stand Festival. Uh, originally going to be in Arkansas, but moved to Los Angeles for a better location. And um, now, now I'm learning that UCLA uh, jumped on board as, along with Hip Hop Legends, Public Enemy, and the Wu-Tang Clan. And now that, uh, uh, tell us a bit about how, uh, uh, about what the United We Stand Fest is and how it has now been moved to spring 2014 thanks to UCLA's full backing and wanting ample time to make everything right. Yeah, it's really a dream come true. You know, this whole movement, while I've discussed about building and igniting the youth to run for office, another huge important component is addressing voter fraud. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the closed source voting software to um, do we need, should we have proportional representation, electoral college, these are the kind of issues that leaders uh, within Freenic are going to be addressing as well as NDAA and NSA and Patriot Act and all. But in order to rid of these problems, we not only have to take our government back, but address the fact that we need to have a, a better voting system. <laughs> Maybe on a Tuesday, hmm, maybe we should do it on a weekend when people aren't working, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of the middle of a workday week. I mean, just lots of different factors that have, uh, you know, um, have we don't have a high voter participation. Plus, we don't have candidates in office that people want to vote for. That's the biggest one of them all. Mm -hmm. But uh, finally, you know, on the United We Stand Festival, your question, you know, on UCLA, um, yeah, they're they're pretty, been really amazing. Uh, we had originally scheduled um, in Little Rock, we outgrew it. UCLA wanted to have us hold the fest um, at their college. October 12th is when we originally um, scheduled it. But now I've learned that in order for a college to get really involved, uh, you know, it takes sometimes months for them to integrate, you know, to make it an educa educational, that is, experience uh, for their students. And so um, this politically charged United We Stand Festival, we're getting a boost from UCLA. And they have proposed... Um, in order to make this educational experience that we hold it uh, in early spring and we're going to be announcing that date probably by the time this interview goes out we'll already well we should definitely have the date it looks like the first week in april or may give or take so this is a very exciting thing because we are a nonprofit, a C3, and I've turned down close to a million dollars in funding because it came with strings attached or it was an unhealthy product or companies that it's just, it's not what free and equals about. We're about organic products, you know, and, and things that do great things for the world. And um, so there's just no price compromising, not an option. And, you know, I'll stick to that. And, and so by, 
UCLA potentially backing it, that would not only help potentially offset a lot of costs, but enable us to build it to a whole new level. So all of our talent's been really supportive, and even Public Enemy is so understanding. And this will be a kickoff for a 10-stop university bus tour. And so once we launch it at UCLA, the first stop, I'm going to be in a bus, in a tour bus, every week, at least one or two stops a week for five to 10 weeks after that launch at UCLA. So it's going to be a crazy 2014 year beginning in the spring. Wow. It's going to be amazing. Awesome. Uh, talk, talk a bit about um, uh, uh, the musical talent that's going to be playing. Uh, and, uh, and is that going to translate to the rest of the campuses? Absolutely. Um, we, we plan to hit not only UCLA, but hopefully Austin, Texas, Boston, Denver, and so on, five, ten different stops. And Public Enemy uh, will be a part of the tour, as well as founders of the Wu-Tang Clan. I'm pretty confident we might end up tracking, hopefully, all the Wu-Tang Clan. Awesome. Um, I've just started emailing um, with Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine. Most people know he's a huge advocate for Occupy and just donating his time and his music for a great cause, playing for change, international musicians that come together around the world, hence international music with, with meaning, not not dumbed-down Miley Cyrus. I mean, what a <laughs> joke to see her on the cover of Rolling Stones. Come on, yeah. Rolling Stones, you know, let's let's get public enemy on the or i don't know let's, let's michael get, hastings <laughs> yeah that's a whole nother story i mean it's just uh that that saddens me a lot and researching that more with the tragedy that happened to him i do see more um reporters shifting in a positive direction which is the way to go it's safer mm-hmm. and you get better results that way in the movements of what we're going and not in a fearful way but Definitely. um you know in any case uh, those are the kind of talent and then we have of course uh, who was friends close friends with hastings three times the emmy award-winning journalist amber lyon whistleblower cnn ben swan i just missed his call <laughs> i've been waiting to hear from him while i'm on this interview um <laughs> you know he's the emmy award-winning journalist ben swan i mean the list goes on and on jill stein uh, green party presidential candidate she's going to be there and so it's really this this movement's about opening up creating a platform where musicians can be heard and aren't dumbed down by agencies and even managements and oh, yeah. and uh, celebrities like Oliver Stone his son Sean Stone cool guy and getting to know him so far you know you, I see him producing some great things maybe he'll help free and equal or you know we're just here to bring everybody together so they can connect and create amazing movies or tours or whatever it is outside of free and equal um but we're here to open up the industry and uh, as more honesty rises in all these different from journalists to uh, you know to political scientists to organizations uh, you know occupy there's a peaceful faction there the mainstream media you know misses misportrayed a lot of occupy and even tea party people mm-hmm. they're just kind of hanging wondering what direction to go in and i feel well they've indicated that this one is this is the direction so I'm really, really excited to and feel humbled to be a part of something that I think is uh, going to become a household name in, in the near future, not only in the U.S., but worldwide is my hope. The whole world is waiting and hoping for something positive to ri- rise in the U.S., and my hope is this is it. Definitely. Uh, why, why do you think that campus are, campuses are the best hotbed for that movement? Oh, great question. It's just because the youth, they're so waking up. Again, mainstream media and reality shows have, have kind of, they've targeted us into thinking that we need to give up on the youth. Well, 
No. When, <laughs> if anything, it's quite the opposite. The Zogby polls have even claimed, you know, and put out 18 to 28-year-olds are, you know, the game changers. I see them as being a force not to be reckoned with. And our whole pitch as we travel across the country, strategically targeting these universities. Why? Why well, listen to Dr. Ron Paul? Again, if you're ever going to bring about a revolutionary change, two things would need to be involved, the youth and music. I welcome Dr. Paul to be a part of this movement that he asked for. And, uh, of course, Ralph Nader, I, I worked as his national ballot access coordinator in 08, and he told me, Christina, you know, the biggest mistake I made in my 2008 presidential campaign is I didn't target the youth, the universities. That's what my whole campaign should have been. And so I've just taken a lot of this information and I, I'm running with it, you know. And so the youth are the ones that are going to come out and run for office. They are the ones that are going to be the game changers. And we want to make it fun. Music is a universal language, arts, some spirituality, unity, unity, unity. And, well, there's not a lot of jobs out there. So I always say, why not run for office? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think the importance is of a progressive and libertarian alliance that we not, you know, hate each other personally based on differences and come together really as people and individuals and not labels and not let, you know, corporate apologists, Republicans stigmatize actual libertarians just as libertarians shouldn't, you know, judge people from Occupy based on, you know, imperialist Democrats using the mainstream media that tried but failed to co-opt the Occupy movement. And Occupy, I like the, how they still remain independent. What, what, what do you make of uh, such a alliance that uh, Dr. Paul and Ralph Nader talked about on Judge Andrew Napolitano's show? Well, here it is. I've been emailing with Dennis Kucinich. He was uh, almost available October 12th. Very interested. I think we can get him for the spring. I've spoken with Dr. Ron Paul a couple times on the phone. I've never encountered somebody... Uh, that has so many people around him with so many agendas. And I just, I feel in my heart that for once he will be able to make this choice on his own, you know, mm -hmm. not with the influences of people around him or organizations, whether it's Campaign for Liberty or his network show, just on his own, recognizing this is the movement he's called for and joining hopefully Dennis Kucinich. And, and you know, you have Ralph Nader. <laughs> he's, you know, none of these men are, are perfect, but they've done great things to help mm -hmm. better our world. I do foresee even more powerful, amazing leaders than even Ron Paul and Ralph Nader and Jesse Ventura rising through this movement. And though they're great themselves, I, I see these leaders truly seeing the left and the right, how we can and will and all come together. Whether you're libertarian, green, I see a shift of these individuals, whether they were with the party line, I see them shifting towards individuals and being becoming independents. Mm -hmm. And um, when they do, they'll recognize that on the grander scale of things, I was always inspired by an interview about a year ago and Fox, uh, sorry, Judge Napolitano's Fox Freedom Works, um, wish that was still around, mm -hmm. um, with Ron Paul and Ralph Nader, you know, uniting against the establishment, that interview. And that really um, inspired me uh, in recognizing that uh, this movement needs to be created. I don't see anyone else doing it. I was kind of sitting back thinking, Gosh, you know, now I'm, I'm a 32-year-old girl. I always say I, I'm just a 32-year-old girl that wants to help save our country. Is, why? Sometimes I'm like, why is it me? I guess, why, why isn't somebody else catching on to this? I mean, it's pretty simple stuff, everything I've said. But, hey, you know, I, I'm happy to be able to help get the word out there. And so 
these leaders, I, I do expect or hope that they are a part of this movement that they've all asked for. They've all asked for it. And to not be a part of it would be kind of confusing, but we'll still rise, hopefully, with them. So I thank them for all of their work. And uh, I think that uh, leaders of, of Occupy, even whether tea parties, all parties, independents, authors, celebrities, just we the people. Labels don't even matter anymore. Just exactly. honest people coming together. You know, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be so fun. I mean, imagine being in a tour bus. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I think after week five or ten, I might be like, well, it was it was okay, fun, but <laughs> so, <laughs> but I'm excited. Definitely. What what do you make of the Obama administration and the FBI attempting to spy on, infiltrate, and even have scrapped plans to actually assassinate leaders of the Occupy movement and why isn't there su sufficient outrage on, on the assassination part, which I think is the most dangerous? Well, I mean, a lot of people uh, use that, that CT word, you know, the conspiracy theorist word. And, you know, you tie in 9-11. And I just look at the facts of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the past of reading books about the truth about FDR, uh, you know, Franklin Roosevelt, um, Pearl Harbor, you know, Thomas D. Lorenzo and The Real Lincoln, all these different books. Um, and it's like, whew, our government is definitely questionable. And I always like to counter, well, you know, again, the, the, you know, the Commission on Presidential Debates, you know, run by the former chair of the Democratic Republican Party, 50, 60 million funded, you know, from the elite who in return, you know, run ads on ABC, NBC, CBS who sponsor. Oh, that's a conspiracy then, I guess, you know. <laughs> so you I, know, I think it was, I think it was uh, <laughs> it was Richard Nixon that invented that term as a derogatory thing to kind of shut down the argument about uh, people's Watergate suspicions. Well, there you go, and it's no coincidence. And recently, uh, interviewing you know Mr. Daniel Johnson, uh, the, you know young kid that's the founder of uh, People mm -hmm. Against NDAA Panda Unite.org. I've never known a kid that gets around as much as I. I mean, mm -hmm. the guy can network like no one I've ever met before. I love it. But uh, there's no coincidence that uh, you know conspiracy theorists is a definition, um, you know. Um, definition of a, a terrorist you know like it's very yep. obvious the system is wrongfully labeling people and again some might be a little bit out there in their ideas and so what they have the right to express their ideas that's their constitutional right mm -hmm. it's our um the responsibility as citizens and individuals to research what they have to say and to determine well do i believe in that or not mm -hmm. so when you get to the obama spy nsa I mean, that's some creepy stuff. I mean, that's stuff that's been in the works for quite a while. It's very factual. It's mm -hmm. there. It needs to stop. The government needs to not be interfering with our lives. People left and right alike, the Jill Stein supporters, Gary Johnson, to the Ralph Nader, to the Ron Paul, to the Dennis Kucinich, and so on, all can agree on the greater scale of things. No to NSAA, NSA that is. No to the NDAA. No to the Patriot Act. No to SOPA. No, no, no to war, drug war. The list goes on and on. And these are the grander, bigger things that we can unite on. And as we unite, the seemingly divisive uh, issues will will fade away. They really will. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And, and and let's uh, delve more into you know how free and equal wants to inspire people to run for office in 2014 uh, on the local level. And then thanks to something called the, the 10th Amendment, uh, seemingly insurmountable national issues can be taken on at the state or city level. And it, like even cities and states are accepting homeland security funds for militarization efforts 
and they can use 10th Amendment powers to take on the NDAA. Federal Reserve's legal tender laws, as uh, Arizona Governor Jan Brewer had vetoed um, Agenda 21 and much more, which, which would certainly be a breath of fresh air, given that most politics from the presidential level down to the local level is just superficial. Uh, what do you make of, of, of that movement occurring in 2014? I think that that is a great thing. There's going to be a huge shift towards the local uh, elections. And that's another great point that you bring up is that uh, the federal government just taking so much power. And as we unite across the spectrum, we implement and say, ah, no to the electoral college. And, ah, you know, the voting process is rigged. We need to fix it. This is what we need to do to fix it. By the way, we need to shift the power back to the local levels. Mm-hmm. I think that I'm, I'm finding in speaking with leaders across the spectrum, even left, it just doesn't matter that we all recognize that government needs to be cut back. And this movement, uh, you know, we're going to be discussing and about what is the role of government? What is the size of government? Even leaders of Occupy.com, like Larry Taubman, you know, it's become, you know, just teaching a lot of things to me and, and our leaders and just coming together. Um, yeah, again, what is the role? What is the size? Maybe cutting it back, arguably 20, 30, 40, whatever the 60, whatever the people want, percent. And when we do that, the waste is cut back. And then we have transparency through an online hub bigger than Facebook. Imagine a portal, which is what I foresee Free and Equal becoming, of information to build others. And in cutting government back, um, we'll be able to see how our money is spent at the local levels. Do we want to have health care for everyone? Do we not want to have it? Well, under an economy where you know things are prosperous and people are living happy, healthier lives, technology is advancing, the pharmaceutical industry is no longer you know working with the government. There's no quins- mm-hmm. conspiracy that is right that over 500 patents have been denied, mm-hmm. crushed by the government since 1900s. No, not at all. That's and, a fact. In- including know? the uh, ability of uh, marijuana to reduce cancer cells. Oh, it goes on and on and on. And so shame <laughs> on the government. Yep. You know, I, I, as much as we want to point fingers at Bush and Obama, I, I mean. What what empty lives? I mean, those they can't make a choice on their own. If they, you know, their lives would be at risk if they don't follow. You know, yep. and even if they weren't there, there would be so many people to take their place. So that's not the issue. I never hold any ill will towards you know leaders. I, I hold more ill will towards the system. You know, mm-hmm. let's fix the system that is. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, the local level is, is super important, and that's something that will naturally evolve as we uh, take our government back, and we're going to make it fun. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the music, the public enemies, I hope we have Tom Morello on board, and we're looking at the Marleys and Michael Franti, who did a great documentary uh, just overseas, you know, anti-war. So I'm really, really excited to be working with so many musicians and great organizations as well and leaders. Awesome and definitely, yeah. Don't don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> and um, for for those just tuning in, I'm speaking here with Christina Tobin, founder and chair of Free and Equal Elections Foundation. Do you have any final words? And and where can people find Free and Equal on the United We Stand Festival online and in social media? Sure. Well, you know, I'd like to say just too much energy to hate. Let's just fix things. It can all be fixed. And um, and it will, because I always say history is on our side. And we're a C3 nonprofit. And I've put everything, you know, into this company. I, you know, again, I'm just a 32-year-old gal that wants to help save our country. I had a jewelry business in 09, and I went from having nothing and sold it for 250000 And I spent most of that on free and equal. And 
And it's really put, I've put everything, my heart, everything I have pretty much to the bear um, into making this movement where it is. So any support we can get at free and equal, free and equal.org. Again, that's free and equal.org um, would go a long way, five, 10, whatever, $20. And um, that's really what 70, 80% of our income comes from as of now. And of course, you can find more information about our fest, the United We Stand Fest at UCLA. It's going to be the spring 2014. And by the time this airs, uh, we'll have the date up on the website. Um, so you can check that again. There's a direct link from free and equal, freeandequal.org. So I thank you so much, Alex, for your time today. And it's been great getting to know you. And thank you for coming out and supporting free and equal in person as well. No problem. You're, very, you're a very kind person. <laughs> Thanks. And, and again, for our listeners, it's freeandequal.org and unitedwestandfest.com. Christina, thank you again very much. Thank you, Alex, for your time. Definitely ditto over to Christina. Extremely kind. And uh, you know, for somebody so revolutionary, Again, the United We Stand Fest is happening next year, the spring 2014, uh, at UCLA. It was going to happen on, on October 12th, but don't worry. You can still do something revolutionary this Saturday. The March Against Monsanto will be at Balboa Park at the Fountain at round noon. Um, so be sure to head over to March Against Monsanto this Saturday here in San Diego or in your town, wherever, uh, whenever. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm totally looking forward to, to seeing people like public enemy who are definitely very, you know, uh, aware of what's been going on and they've been speaking about this for decades. So finally get to have them stand up against this, really the two party system, um, you know, works for the same people. I mean, the fact that a Rockefeller was a Senator in the democratic party, just shows you that the Democrats are not against the 1%. They're a tool of the 1%. And that's why, you know, that that's why Obama is so uh, pro-Wall Street and pro-war. Because it's all puppet theater. And uh, the solution is not, again, I think third parties or alternative parties are more of a temporary vehicle to smash the two-party system. But after that, they're not too useful. I know Christina talked about party's not working and i really do i really do agree with that but um they are temporary vehicles i mean and i mean to the extent you know to congregate like-minded people who who are libertarians and stuff but aside from that it's just like it's it's just useless the the real goal is to be independents to be individuals to care about each other not have labels on each other and really the the cost that we all have to pay is just as the founders pointed out eternal vigilance to the threat of tyranny. So I hope that something like uh, the United We Stand Fest or everybody else's efforts um, just causes an exponential shift for people to just drop the two parties like flies, put them down right now this second, or maybe yesterday, and move forward. Just move forward away from them. They are toxic. They are bought out from the federal level down to the municipal level. Just uh, go for independence, and if there are none, fill that gap. Or uh, congregate people together. Concord, New Hampshire. The city council is trying to buy Bearcat armored vehicles because they label libertarians and Occupy people as domestic terrorists, which is clearly not the case. But some tyrannical mayor guy was wanting to uh, keep himself in office, not with extra corporate cash, but with actual tanks uh, going after people. Uh, but they got 150 people to come out to that city council meeting. So even if 
even if the same people get elected to your local offices or your congressional offices past 2014, just have a cohesive group of peaceful activists who are willing to make some noise and say no to tyranny. Uh, so I hope that, uh, you know, public, because, you know, the youth, I, a lot of people were like, you know, wanting to vote for Gary Johnson. They said they knew that the two-party system was crap, but they still voted for Obama anyways. Uh, I hope this causes an exponential shift to get just people to put down the two parties for good, just for good. Do away with them. So that's why uh, I'm, I'm so uh, you know, excited for this. And uh, ho- hopefully, um, you know, more artists that are aware are coming out and just, you know, coming out against it. Uh, and that's what brings me to this next song. This next song, actually these next two songs I want to play, features one of the people at the United We Stand Fest. This song has Chuck D of Public Enemy. It's called Civil War by Immortal Technique. And then after that, Mr. President by Kim.com. And so my guest in this last hour was Christina Tobin of Free and Equal Elections. If you missed the podcast, we'll be up tomorrow at iTunes. Just search for Free Thought AAC on iTunes or LRN.FM, the Liberty Radio Network. It's where the podcast goes up. So again, this is Civil War by Immortal Technique. And then after that, Mr. President by Kim.com here on KKSM, the Radio Revolution and LRN.FM, the Liberty Radio Network. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life, longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. You know what? A mortal technique. Killer Mike. Brother Ali. Like a prison with invisible bars No matter where you at, it always follows you where you are And it's hard out there for a pimp to get out of But it's harder for the hooker that he beat the shit out of I got underground in the Confederate States Ironically running from slavery that prison creates So I never hate on the South, I respect their vision I just hate on that promote Samboism and white execs that love to see us in that position. They reflect the stereotypes of America's vision. They want us dancing, cooning, and hollering. Only respect us for playing sports and modeling. More than racism, it's stay in your placism. All people are trapped in practical black faceism. So f- a civil war between the North and the South. It's between field f- and slaves that are stuck in the house. Civil war for the soul of a nation. This is a struggle to save civilization. Demonstrations overthrowing the occupation. The annihilation of mental colonization. Civil war for the soul of a nation. We fight for the future of our civilizations. Destroy the corrupt government organizations. Trying to survive cultural assassination. Rip, blood, essays, Asians. Why the 
sharing with each other's population. The devil wanna dead all our population, people in folk nation. Why the separation? Why we got Jamaicans hating on Haitians? When the British and French rape both nations, Mexicans and blacks kill each other straight hating. While the government profits from prison population. If you on the bottom, be you Anglo or Asian, you gotta recognize the realness in what I'm saying. You gotta recognize another G ain't the enemy. When the police ride and kill us frequently, we gotta make the youth see where the truth be. If you achieve it, grow and develop GD. 50 years of gains and our people still poor. If we really run the streets, we should really end war. Civil war for the soul of a nation. This is a struggle to save civilization. Demonstrations overthrowing the occupation. The annihilation of mental colonization. Civil war for the soul of a nation. We fight for the future of our civilization. Destroy the corrupt government organizations. Trying to survive cultural assassination. Listen, our hearts were torn apart just like y'all was. Watching towers full of souls fall to sawdust. Every time we called your office, you ignored us. Now you're holding hearings on us all inside of Congress. Microscopes on us, asking which your hardest. My answer was in line with all of the founding fathers. I think Patrick said it best, give me liberty or death. I shall never accept anything less. You claim innocence, you play victimless. But you gave the kiss of death in the name of self-defense. Slavery being theft of other nations to the end of pacifying your citizenry with excess. We believe in freedom, justice, security, but they're only pure when they're applied universally. So certainly if I rage against the machine, my aim was only to clean the germs out of the circuitry. Urgently putting fear inside your heart, make you burn Qurans and tell me not to build a mosque. Me, my wife and babies, we ain't never made your heart. We just want to touch our head to the floor and talk to God. Ask him to remove every blemish from our heart. The greatest threat of harm doesn't come from any bomb. The moment you refuse the human rights for just a few what happens when that few includes you civil war the war for the internet has begun Hollywood is in control of politics. The government is killing innovation. Don't let them get away with that. I have a dream, like Dr. King. This is the time to stand up and fight. By any means, if we don't do anything, they will just blame it on the copyright. Keep this movement going. Keep this movement tweeting.
Mr. President by Kim.com, and before that, Immortal Technique with Civil War featuring Chuck D of Public Enemy. Of course, because my last guest in this hour was Christina Tobin of Free and Equal Elections, having Public Enemy perform at their United We Stand Festival coming up next year in the spring. Go to unitedwestandfest.com. Another person playing there is uh, The Siren. Uh, he calls himself Epic Step, which is a mixture of dubstep and other kind of genres he's going to be there along with uh the uh host of breaking the set on rt abby martin this actual song is by the siren with uh, uh abby martin sampled and um, this one's called social control be right back after this on right KKSM. now the government is using hidden cameras in cities across the country to watch you around the clock your everyday travels are being recorded and years of your activities are being stored in a colossal data storage center that can be mined to find out where you've been, where you're going, and just exactly what you've been doing. The Fourth Amendment says that we need probable cause for the government to be spying on us. But we all know that in this day and age, these rights are regularly violated. This is a technology of social control. And at what privacy costs? Well, according to the government, there is no expectation of privacy in public anymore. They can pretty much do anything that they want. I guess the real question here is, what else is going on that we don't know about? These government agencies have an insatiable urge to use surveillance technology to eventually track and record everyone on the planet. And they simply won't stop until they have everyone under their thumb of control. Look, I'm not going to sit back and let every bastion of privacy I have given up to the state. The question is, for you.
KKSM. Muskrat Love is the most evil song that's ever existed. The Radio Revolution. When it gets to hump day, what gets you through the rest of the week? Soul music, that's what. I'm Serena, and I host Wind Down Wednesdays from 5 to 7, and we'll get you on the downhill slide to the weekend. We'll explore soul music that's off the beaten path and not done anywhere else like this in San Diego County. That's Wind Down Wednesdays right here on KKSM AM 1320, your radio revolution. Are you tired of governments murdering people around the world? Stop using their money. There is an alternative. Bitcoin is a stateless, free market, non-political currency. Bitcoin cannot be inflated or controlled by any government. By using their money, you are helping the state. You have an incredible alternative available now. Learn it, use it, spread it. Get started with Bitcoin at WeUseCoins.com. That's WeUseCoins.com. See why the government's cracking down. Introducing the two drugs that are legal, alcohol and cigarettes, two drugs that do nothing for you whatsoever. And drugs that grow naturally upon this planet. Drugs that open your eyes up to make you realize how you're being f***ed every day of your life. Those drugs are against the law. <laughs> Free Thought Radio, waking you up to the fact that you're being screwed by the system every day of your life since 2010. Only on KKSM AM 1320, the radio revolution. Welcome back, guys. That last song you heard was Social Control featuring Abby Martin by The Siren. Going to be at the United We Stand Fest. My guest in the last hour was Christina Tobin of Free and Equal doing the United We Stand Fest spring 2014 at UCLA. And in the next hour, I have Ernest Hancock, host of Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock on LRN.FM. He's the publisher of freedomsphoenix.com, a great, great news site. He's going to talk about aquaponics and Generation Next. Includes myself and everything like that. <laughs> um, but I want to play, uh, and actually in the third hour is my appearance on the Freedoms Fiends show, which was yesterday. But right now I want to play the song Sentiment by Cynic. And then after that, Revolution Calling by Queensryche. And then we'll be back at the top of the hour with Ernest Hancock. Freedomsphoenix.com. You're listening to KKSM, the Radio Revolution, and LRN.FM, the Liberty Radio Network.
You're listening to KKSM AM 1320 Oceanside.
Revolution Calling by Queensryche, and before that, Sentiment by Cynic, here on Free Thought Radio, part of the Free Thought Media Network. I'm your host, Alex Fiddle, freethoughtmedia.org, facebook.com slash freethoughtradio, live every Monday, 6 to 9 p.m. on KKSM, The Radio Revolution, which is AM 1320 here in North County, San Diego, Cox Cable Channel 957 in all of San Diego County, where you can get Cox Cable and online at freethoughtmedia.org slash live. My guest in the past hour was Christina Tobin of Free and Equal Elections, uh, talking about the United We Stand Festival with Public Enemy and the Wu-Tang Clan coming up at UCLA in spring 2014. Keep up to date with everything at unitedwestandfest.com. And, you know, speaking of that, speaking of, you know, uh, doing things to bring about aware- awareness to the youth, to what my next guest would like to call... Generation Next um, involves, you know, doing things outside of politics, you know, something like Public Enemy, you know, bringing awareness to people regardless of what election, you know, it's just about, you know, the revolution of your mind. Uh, It's for much longer term than uh, one single year's election. Uh, It can affect literally centuries uh, forward to have people live in freedom as opposed to tyranny and desolate and maybe we not might not even have a world left but I hate to be so pessimistic but I mean that's where they're leading us down to they they pave uh, through corporatism and zoning laws and the Federal Reserve pumping up the uh, artificial housing economy you know paving over fertile soil as opposed to you know us growing our own food to to you know hedge against the collapse because without when the corporations collapse, you know, all we're going to have is cement and concrete. And how are we going to grow our own food if all the soil is poisoned with fluoridated water? Or, you know, uh, we got genetically modified pollen going everywhere in the air uh, because government funds all that. And, uh, you know, the, the corporate state relation, it's fascism. Um, so my, my, my guess for this hour uh, holds the torch to the fascists legs and uh he's the publisher of freedomsphoenix.com the tagline is uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies and his name is ernest hancock he also hosts a radio show on lrn.fm where this show rebroadcasts um called declare your independence and what a what a novel concept of declaring your independence so i interviewed ernie hancock at libertopia 2013 a couple weeks back in And here's what we had to talk about. Joining me now is Ernie Hancock. He is the host of Declare Your Independence with Ernie Hancock, as well as the publisher of freedomsphoenix.com. Ernie, welcome to the program. My pleasure. It's good to see you. You having fun here? Oh, yeah, definitely. We're at Libertopia 2013 right here. Got a media set up here. Freedoms Phoenix is right across the way with the uh, model of the Aquadome. Do you want to describe what that's all about in aquaponics in general? You know, I always wanted to do a, a geodesic dome. Since I was young, I just thought it was cool and be easy. And then I saw a new way that they were doing it. They just took uh, electrical conduit, they call it EMT, half inch. You just squish the end, drill a hole, and that becomes the hinge, the hub. Because it was always that hinge that was the pain in the butt, you know. A lot of weight, a lot of cost, and so on. Now you got it to where it's just EMT and a connector, like a rod, a pin, or a bolt, and you're done. Then I go, okay, I can do that. So we did it. And we did the Money Dome, and we take them to the festivals, and it's really cool. Gets a lot of attention, and you hang stuff from it easy, and you can put tables in the round, and you 360 vend, and they go to these different festivals. But then we wanted to do 
aquaponics and we knew how to make these domes so we made two of them and they kind of go together with an entryway between them and we have a fish pond that was like a waterfall feature at my in my backyard that was just a pain in the butt you know so we put fish in it the fish feed the the nutrients for the aquaponics system that we have in there and then it goes back and hits a cycle now i got a bunch of green plants for my juicing and fish and it's working so we're trying to use that as just an example of how you can like feed yourself because it's important i think and over here at the booth that i have here at libertopia i have an uh, kind of an agorist uh, farmer's market um what do you make of the importance of food and, and self-sufficiency and, and then how the government whether it be the wicker v filburn commerce cause expansion thing or just how in general they use laws to oppress maybe on behalf oh, of- I'll give you a great example we just found out in Glendale Arizona where I live there is or Phoenix in Glendale what happens is if you want to get a building permit to do remodeling on your home or sell or whatever you have to totally remove all plants that bear any kind of fruit wow. or food you know, food uh, food bearing plants and the reason is is because they say, well, it attracts pests and rodents and whatever excuse they can do to where you can't feed yourself. And if you have citrus trees, which a lot of people have in Arizona, the citrus trees, they have to pick all of the unripened fruit. They don't want any ripened fruit on there, you know, pests, rodents. Kind of, and you're like, right. And where this is all coming from is this we rule you national oh, yeah. agenda, whatever the crap, you know, of, uh, we control the food, we control the people kind of thing. So you don't have to be a conspiracy to see that they're actually doing it. So it's exactly. it's on top of our list. Definitely. And, and how do you think, uh, like, with the way the FDA works uh, with kind of doing things on behalf of Monsanto to do this corporatism that crushes people from being self-sufficient, just, you know, there's nothing that hurts people. I mean, it's a victimless thing to growing your own food, but they, there's so much food oppression. How, how do you think this is going to play a part of, you know, like you, you, invent, you invented the, the Lovolution logo and that whole concept, you know, how, how is self-sufficiency with food going to help smash the state and be a part of that revolution? If I was to look at some way you can totally extract yourself from the system and not pay taxes, you know, stop supporting the system. Exactly. You're constantly needing something. And it's usually, I mean, it's just like, you know, you breathe in and out. Okay, do I got air? I, I got that taken care of. You know, uh, water. I got to drill. No, oh, no, no, no. You got to get a permission slip to yeah. drill the well. And if, you, and if you do and you get something where you get so much or you don't yeah. get to be able to, you might be able to, you know, you know, have enough water to survive amount but not really plant anything so you can eat amount. I mean, you know, it's always some kind of control like that. Yeah. So when you see that there's, a, you don't even have to go further than that, that there's control. Now you, when you are allowed to have like, you know, grass in your front yard, to turn that into, you know, like something you can, you know, eat or smoke, yeah. you know, is not allowed. <laughs> and I'm going, who makes, makes these decisions? Why do they make these decisions? It's the mindset behind that making those yeah, decisions. Exactly. So to worry about how they're going to do it or what they're going to justify, there's rodents, you know, or whatever yeah. the hell, <laughs> is really we've kind of gotten past that point. We get it. We know why. Because yeah. you're freaking ranchers, man. You want to control the livestock. You want to shear the sheep, you know, get us in the pen, do whatever. We're there at your, you know, command, you know, kind of crap. That's the attitude. Well, until we... You know, understand that we got to be self-sustaining, you know, and autonomous and feed ourselves, which, you know, like Aquadome kind of stuff. You know, our own energy. Well, we have our own nanotube growing, enhancing nickel, iron, battery making crap because we understand the energy component. of this. How does energy independence uh, play into that? 
it's crucial if you want this, uh, the uh, the lifestyle that we've become accustomed to. But I have a good friend, okay? I mean, one, one of the activists that we grew up together as activists from our 20s. And he lives totally off grid 10 years. Awesome. And it's just, and, and he's a nuclear power plant, you know, <laughs> core supervisor changer refueling guy, you know? And he's like, you know, I'm totally off the grid. Awesome. You know, he, he lives like next to the plant. He's not afraid of the plant. He's just like, it's the man's plant, you know? <laughs> so it's uh, possible. And now that we can have the lifestyle that we have now with our own water, our own food, our own power, our own standard of co- communication, satellite, television, entertainment, movies, email, websites. I mean, it's just, you know, this standard of living can be done off grid now. It is possible. Exactly. But they don't want it to be possible. (laughs) And it's that philosophy that we're really up against. It's not whether they let us plant a tomato plant or not. It's the mindset and the philosophy that we're livestock to even have any kind of even think that it can be a condition upon growing your own tomato plant. You've had too much to think. So that that's what I do. You know, I'm covering the secrets, exposing the laws on Freedom's Phoenix. You know, it's just like, I mean, exposing the laws, exposing the lies, same thing. You yeah. know, so so has a 40 in there. So what happens is I'm going, you know, I, if we could just share with people all the other solutions that people have already started coming up with and inspire some of our own, then it's all over for them because exactly. Generation Next is just going to replace them. It's just a, it's just like a biological thing, man. Yeah. Get over it. Exactly. You know, they're just waiting for you to die off. Okay. <laughs> so as the older generation, and I used to get in trouble a lot, and I'd say that too. In the '90s, I go, I go, they. Well, what about what I go? You don't understand. Our generation is just waiting for you to die off. Jeez. And it has more impact now as I'm older and grayer. And I'm going, yeah, you know, you start to feel it. The end's coming, and the new guys are coming, the generation next. And that's what I'm so hopeful for, for my grandkids yeah. and my kids. You know, because this is, I got a lot invested in this. Yeah. Four grandkids. Wow. What do you make of the government and corporatism's role in just trying to crush science in general and to keep old government. forms of hierarchy intact? Well, the government and the and business are the same thing. I figured yeah. that out. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm a young activist, you know, and I remember old junior high back in the 70s. You mix government and business to the point to where you can't tell the difference between the two. Fascism. How hard is this? <laughs> I'm going, okay, I get it. Yeah, but it's good fascism. Well, why? Because it has like a red, white, and blue flag wrap around it, you know? So I'm going, okay, okay, okay. So that mentality, they don't, you have to understand, people my age and older, the vast majority of them you can never fix. They do not have a freaking clue. They can't even understand the fact that you might choose your own way of living or evaluate, you know, things or have values and your own ethic. I mean, that that would even be possible without their command. Yeah. Is not even if it doesn't bother them. Even if it has nothing to do with them. There's like somebody out there being free somewhere without my permission, and it's their mentality. It's just going to have to be replaced. So you just want to create as many free minds as you can and help this process and it's more peaceful and they'll transition but it's not going to be the same i guarantee that exactly for those just joining i'm speaking here with ernie hancock he's the host of declare independence and publisher of freedomsphoenix.com uh talk a bit about your your mk theory of americans and how it plays into the war with syria because the sickness of nationalism causes people to think that muslims are people because they don't live on the same border as we do Oh, you listen to my show, I do, MKers, <laughs> that's what you're talking about. Hey, uh, I always go, you know, Americans, you know, Amer- woo, Americans, man. You know, I, I like when you do video, too, because when we do 
you know, video on the show and stuff, I can, <coughs> I can fully express myself. You know, it's like I'm like, you know, they're the ooh, the Merkins, the MKers, I call them. And it's just, I go, but what does that mean? It's like, you know, ooh, the Arizona Cardinals or the Steelers or something. I mean, you know, it's just like a team. Yeah. And they're rooting for that a team. A religion. They were right. <laughs> you know, it's just, it, you know, there are so many good writers now that really have an impact. You know, like uh, 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 Larkin Rose oh, yeah. is really a big. That's what I was alluding know, to. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, you know. And there's other guys, too. You know, they have a lot of good things to say. But, you know, Larkin, if I had to have somebody represent me, i got to have a representative. I vote for a representative. Okay, I vote for a representative. Okay? I go, whatever Larkin says, you know what I mean? There's one last thing. I'll go talk to Larkin. I'm the, 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 the worship church of Larkin or something. Because, and the reason is I just see it as a favor because it's one less thing i got to do. Because he does it so well from the base fundamental foundation of rational thought mm-hmm. that you just go, okay, I get that. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I would rather promote him doing that because he does such a good job of it and he's better at it than I am and I can help give him a voice. And that's why I do. I look for people like that to really just, you know, make sure they're, you know, they're out to be able to be heard. Yeah. And then you start to see a culture shift. Yeah. That's what I'm going for is a shift. A lot of people that uh, would otherwise be unprincipled, I mean, uh, a lot of people actually from the left are actually, they didn't do the same big protest with Libya, like when we went into Gaddafi's territory because he was trying to introduce a gold dinar. Um, now now they're coming out for Syria, so I think people are trying to see that the bull is bull And um, what do you make of the whole war in Syria? You know, this is what I, I tried not to, you know, as it's always wars and rumors of wars and yeah. blah, 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 blah. And once you feel like, oh, what are you going to do? Tell me they're bad. Yeah. You know, they're really, really, oh, but Ernie, you, they're, they're, they're going to go kill and bomb and like, you know, blow up people and stuff. Oh, they're really, really, really bad. Are you going to add another really? I mean, I already know they're bad. So you do everything you can to try and make sure everybody knows how bad they are and why and what you're really against and the collectors and you fight it, you know, best way you can. But. You know, it got to the point where I could see it was coming. So I had Gareth Porter on the show Thursday morning, okay? And I'm like, you know, I, always, I can go to Gareth, man. All right, tell me what's up. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the same guys, the bad guys being bad. Yep, okay, that's all I need to know. <laughs> so it's, um, but I think what's happening is so many people at the same time, in real time, in faster time, already know the truth more than then they can hide. Exactly. And and so they're going to do this as unilateral, just do it. And, they, and everybody thinks they won, but they're going to do it. Some way or another, they're going to get yeah. some influential kind of some circle, whatever the hell they're going to do. Five years from now, they're not off the list. Exactly. Iran's been on this list since yep. for freaking ever. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> so Syria's just got on Iran's list. I mean, it's just yeah. a way to suck in. I've been through this. My kids, think about this. My children graduate high school like 2008, I think the last one. So while all this war and the fervor of in Afghanistan and Iraq and everything, they're going, well, this guy is this, and it's the same guy. They go, yeah, Dad, you don't understand. It's not so, really. Yeah. Let's go to the Internet and the Wayback Machine, and we'll look at the headlines from when I graduated high school in 79. The Afghanistan, Russia was invading there. We had the threat of the Cold War at its peak. Red Dawn, the first one, movies being done. We have uh, the boycott of the Moscow Olympics. Mm-hmm. We have all this politicizing of the, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and it's... Cheney and Rumsfeld and another Bush and it's all the same people. Yeah. I mean, the same people. The headline, you know, the dates and the places and the, you know, some of the generals' names change, but it's yeah. the other the same people. So, exactly. so I try to make it, you know, take it in that perspective. Is that it's a much larger task that we have yeah. than to stop any one single war. It's all the the philosophy and the 
the ethics and the values exactly. of a, an entire culture coming up. And for the first time, the king doesn't have sole control of the information yeah. that gets out. What do you make of the distractions? Because as a libertarian, voluntarist, uh, anarchist, whatever, here at this festival, we all care about cannabis freedom, yet they kind of throw this bone of, oh, now you have your weed, we're going to leave the states alone, or at least in rhetoric only, we'll wait until they actually show action on that. What do you make? I mean, that, does it kind of disgust you, given that's like kind of like an issue we take up? In the 90s, imagine we're the young guys, yeah. okay, back in the day. And they would do initiatives. Arizona was one of the first times that they passed initiative. God, it was in the 90s. Now we want decriminalized marijuana or, late, or first offense and you get like a little slap or some crap. I mean, you know, you're just trying to do whatever. And the Libertarian Party activists at the time, we would do the voter guides that all the voters got. And in there, we'd be against this about how statist it was and it demanded this and did that. We fought for freaking no compromise, everything on it, look for an opportunity to do it. But what a lot of people didn't know behind the scenes, the guys that were doing it, we knew, we were friends with. You know, their interests were other, whatever. We're still, you know, past the beer. I mean, it, whatever. We get to say our thing. You get to do your thing. But what everybody started to realize, it made them look moderate. All of a sudden, hey, man, we're not for total legalization of methamphetamine. I mean, you know, we got to have some laws, you know, this kind of, where, you know, so they seem reasonable and the, and the ball was come this way. But we always took a no compromise, hardcore, it's my freaking body, what the hell do you care position on everything and would demonstrate all the evils of the drug war and how it's, but that foundation and understanding that we were able to do over the past 20 years in Arizona now comes to fruition when it becomes politically popular. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, the ideology, the culture supports behind it. That's why Arizona has unrestricted concealed carry. It was the same thing. We were involved in that, too. You know, safe. Second Amendment is for everyone. Yeah. Are you a safe legislator or an unsafe city councilman? <laughs> you see my point? So we would do this kind of, you couldn't speak at a safe event unless you first had a color photograph of you holding a black pistol grip, detachable magazine, battle rifle. Yeah. You take, okay, then you get to talk. And that came from L. Neil Smith. Yeah. Now, libertarians going, yeah, if they're not willing to take that picture, why the hell do you want them up there defending your rights? I mean, you know. Yeah. So this is a kind of hardcore activism and understanding of a, a total stateless, in your mind, society that we've seen the power of the idea and the culture up close and personal as street activists in a state that, you know, is a good demonstration yeah. of what can be done. So I'm going, I see the power of culture. Yeah. And it's inevitable what's coming, and there's nothing they can do to stop it. Yeah. And, and not, uh, not that many people were really cheering on, on the thing because they saw it at the same time as Syria. And at the same time, it's a little bit of a defeat because they're realizing that the Tenth Amendment's in inevitable and, <clears throat> and self-determination is inevitable. But uh, on the point of Syria, I mean, uh, acting alone, they're saying we're going to be acting alone. What, what about uh, the Saudi and Israeli influence on that situation? Oh, you didn't think alone been alone, yeah. did you? No. You know, um, <laughs> when I do my show, it goes like this. You know, I always say, you know, they this, they that. First, when I first started doing radio in 03, it go like this. Crazy libertarian, they, who are they? Okay. <laughs> So I'm like, do I got to pick one they? I mean, there's so many they's. I mean, yeah. I don't even know what that is. I go, I go, they, them, those. Okay. <laughs> well, who are they? And I go, well, they, them, those. There are those that just want to be left alone. There are those that just won't leave them alone. And I go, how more complicated is it than that? It's, it's they, them, those. That what? Won't leave me alone. So, I mean, you just, I just throw them all in that one big bucket. And I'm just, I'm like, you know, so how do you fight the bucket? 
I mean, we'll go, oh, I beat this guy, but you didn't have anything to do with the bucket. You want to dismantle the bucket, yeah. you know? And the only way you can do that is by, you know, just ignoring the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, just having Pick people, <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, stop creating the bucket. So everybody wants to do structure or it's process. Yeah. A good friend of mine, he goes, I'm just, I'm just done with process. Because somebody will go, well, this petition or this, you know, we're going to go beg for our and demand our in, in the streets for our and have make a sign that says and, you know, whatever, and we're going to get change and make them vote a certain way. And he goes, I'm done with process. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm done with process, up with culture. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And talk about how the Freedoms Phoenix Liberty Summit plays into, you know, increasing Freedom that. Summit. Freedom Summit. Freedomsummit.com. Freedom Summit. We've been doing this since uh, three weeks after 9-11 in 2001. And a lot of the guys that you, you look at their uh, speaker list, the people that have, you know, spoken at Freedom Summits, and you'll go, wow. Yeah. You know, back in 01. You're going, man, every year. Ron Paul's spoken at three of them. I mean, awesome. you know, it's, you know this, is, this is, we knew what was coming. We're going, it's coming, politically, economically, culturally, socially, you know, it's just everything, here it comes. And then it came and we go, told you so? I'm speaking here with Bernie Hancock, host of Freedom Phoenix, uh, website and Declare Your Independence radio show on LRN.fm. Do you have any final words for our listeners? Thanks for listening. It's good to share with you, Roger. The generation next is going to come around and save us. You know what you think? I was going to have to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, soon, definitely. Thank you very much for joining the program. And that was Ernie Hancock, host of Declare Your Independence on LRN.FM and publisher of FreedomsPhoenix.com. And, uh, you know, we talked about Agenda 21. Uh, with food control, it's not about sustainability. Are you kidding me? Uh, it's like the, the Free Flow of Information Act is supposed to protect journalists, which we'll talk about in the top of the next hour of my appearance on the Freedom's Fiends radio show. Um, but if you missed any part of the episode, you can catch the podcast tomorrow on iTunes. Just go to Free Thought on, uh, or search for Free Thought on the iTunes store and look for Free Thought AAC. It is the number one free thought keyword related search result on iTunes, which means we're number one in free thought. Awesome. Thank you guys for uh, supporting and downloading the shows and helping to free your own mind and free others. Don't shut up about it. Um, Because, you know, somebody like uh, Barrett Brown is rotting in jail, yet Snooki is uh, more of a household name than somebody uh, who's facing 105 years. And, you know, wow, we have failed. It is. It is horrible. But at the same time, I do see the positivity, the optimism of we the people, but it just has to get to that critical mass yet. So it's important to keep speaking because uh, eventually Snooky and like Miley Cyrus, they're all going to go to like the toilet bowl of the history textbooks when uh, we kick out, you know, Common Core and all the government propaganda uh, curriculums uh, that teach you to love imperialism. Yet, like it's like it's like it's it's so it's such a ruse when, when uh, they try to say, oh, Democrats are for the working man. Uh, oh no, man, they're for the Rockefellers. They're for the one percent. But we don't learn that. We learn that the play in the system, but play with the Democrats because they're for the common man. But yet, the whole system is for the one percent. Democrats just use rhetoric. But w- when does rhetoric turn to action? The action is on behalf of the one percent. The rhetoric. 
that's part of the ploy. It's theater. It's like you have politician at the podium. He's a puppet. He's saying he's against Wall Street because he's a Democrat. Look behind the podium. You can see a Wall Street exec so hands so far up their ass that they're even using their hand to move the politician's mouth. And again, like Ernie said, it's all about philosophy. Authority is in your mind. Politicians are not superhuman people. They don't have any extra rights that you and I don't have. They can't appoint those rights to, uh, to a policeman. So there's a degree of separation between us, the politicians, and the police. We elect these politicians. They, the politicians don't tell us to put down the joint. They get a policeman to do it. So there's this degree of separation. These dudes on thrones with huge egos and a lot of money and, and using this authoritarianism to, to clamp us down. But they don't actually do it themselves. That's why they're cowards. And, um, and they're selling out the profession of a peace officer. You know, that's what police are supposed to be. It's a peace officer, not a thug uh, that violates every uh, constitutionally guaranteed right in the, uh, in the Bill of Rights. And by the way, regardless of what a piece of paper has to say, those rights are natural. So even if a piece of paper didn't say it, they'd still have to, you know, respect it. Even if there was no government whatsoever, if you were in the desert and you walked uh, you were the only person there, but you came across somebody else. You would have to respect each other's rights uh, to voluntary interaction. You do have a right to defend yourself and hold the arms just in case that person's a wacko. But what if wackos get into government and then have a monopoly on the use of a gun? That, that's, that's the whole thing. So that's why we the people uh, can do this. And that's why I want to play the song called We the People by Sons of Liberty. Then we'll come back with the news. Here on KKSM AM 1320, the Radio Revolution, and LRN.FM, the Liberty Radio Network, freethoughtmedia.org. Okay. 
KSM. On our census form, we always check other. The Radio Revolution. We're from the government and we're going to solve all your problems. Do you know what your problem is? Sometimes people make the wrong choices, but we're going to help them make the right choices. With guns. Hey, you're not running your business right. You're not paying people enough money. You're not hiring the right people. You keep firing the wrong people. Well, do it different. Do it different now! They got two boys kissing on the TV. We can't have that. We can't have boys kissing boys and girls kissing girls. Stop it! Stop it now! You're not doing religion right. You're worshiping all wrong and believing all wrong and wearing the wrong symbols. Well, fix it! Fix it now, damn it! Are you interested in peaceful solutions to LGBT issues? Listen to Flaming Freedom on the Liberty Radio Network every Tuesday and Saturday night from 10 p.m. to midnight. Or download any show for free from flamingfreedom.com. KKSM. Cool people listen on AM 1320. Party people listen on Cox Cable 957. And traveling people listen on palomarcollegeradio.com or download the Ustream app for their smartphones. KKSM, the radio revolution. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to KKSM AM 1320. Welcome back to Free Thought Radio, part of the Free Thought Media Network. Free Thought TV would be the YouTube channel. Just go to freethoughtmedia.org. Check it all out. My guest in the last hour was Ernest Hancock, 
host of Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock on LRN.FM, the Liberty Radio Network, publisher of freedomsphoenix.com. My guest in the past hour was Christina Tobin of Free and Equal Elections. Uh, she's doing a, the United We Stand Festival at UCLA next year, spring 2014. Get this with Public Enemy and the Wu-Tang Clan coming out against the two-party system. So there's nothing cooler than those guys performing together, but performing against the two-party system. That should be a whole interesting deal and hopefully cause this exponential shift in in consciousness, maybe throughout the world even, hopefully um, uh, at least better than it not happening. Um, so I want to talk about uh, some news, starting with the, the not-so-government shutdown so really the only thing that they're shutting down are these minuscule things, misplaced priorities, the parks. Um, they shut down the Amber Alert service. The government didn't really shut down. They're still killing people. If they really wanted to, if they could have they kept it all open by just ending all the wars. Simple as that. And yet, just a few weeks ago, they were ready. They had enough money, certainly, to go to Syria. So what, what's with that? Uh, maybe they don't. The reason why we got off the gold standard in 1971, because all the countries of the world were trying to get their gold back because uh, they were thinking, hmm, with the Vietnam War, maybe the United States can't really afford this war. Maybe they're uh, printing some money with that central bank that they have, which uh, would uh, kind of really misdirect who owns what gold because, you know, a certain amount of dollars equals a certain amount of gold. But when you print more money without actually increasing your reserves, then that's kind of like a fraud. You're defrauding those people that you're holding it. But people knew that. And it turned out we were printing or the government was printing money. Sorry, the Federal Reserve private institution was printing money to finance the Vietnam War without actually increasing any reserves. Yeah, we couldn't afford the, They couldn't afford the Vietnam War. Uh, so they just took it off the gold standard. Oh, you can't get gold. We just have IOUs now at the Federal Reserve. And instead, the United States government backs up Saudi oil interests and OPEC in exchange for OPEC pricing oil in the dollars. But there have been a few nations that have not gone along with that, that are not pricing oil in the dollar. That would be the countries we've invaded, or they've invaded in, uh, who knows, the past decade. Actually, the Wesley Clark memo, I believe it was, you know, that he uh, got this memo saying that we have a list of seven countries to invade in the next five years. So you may think that there's some magical red line with chemical weapons in Syria. No, it's just an excuse of the flavor of the month. Luckily, though, veterans knocked down the uh, shutdown barrier at the World War II Memorial, which is cool um, that this government shutdown is stupid. So let's talk about what went on. So there was a self-immolation at the National Mall. Dude, you know, let, let, lit himself on fire. You don't really need to see the purpose other than, I mean, it speaks for everything. It's just a sign of the times of just what's going on. And again, I talked about, you know, both parties are to blame. The two-party system is the problem with this government shutdown. It's not Republicans or Democrats. It's the Rockefellers that own them both and, and benefit off the government spending more money because the Rockefellers are in, in the Federal Reserve, a private institution that profits off of the people that they loan money to, including the government. So they loan money to the government at interest. Why do you think they want to raise the debt ceiling? They want to raise the debt that they need, they need to collect from you and I. We should not be raising the debt ceiling. So this government shutdown is a ruse. It's not actually a shutdown because 
the wars, the genocide, the colonialism is still going on, the civil liberties abuses at home still going on, the overbloated entitlements still going on. So, in, in, uh, in other news, uh, uh, and additionally to the man self-immolating at the National Mall, you had an unarmed woman get shot to death by D.C. police because she made a wrong turn or something in the, in the White House security thing. And, you know, I freaked out. You can see the video. Freaked out. Try to get away because a bunch of people were surrounding you. Like, some people don't respond well to those types of things when you scare people. Police need to ha go about things better. That's still, you know, get the perp. But, you know, but that person wasn't a perp. It turns out that they had a one-year-old in the car, and they were just unloading their cartridges into that car, and nobody cares. In fact, people probably, at, at first, the police were saying that she shot at them when it turned out that was completely a lie, which goes to show that police lie about stuff all the time just so they can have an excuse to empty their cartridges use up all their bullets so they can get bigger budgets and pay for more bullets next year or say that look we have all these threats to the president we need to increase this police state even though it was an unarmed woman with a one-year-old child imagine if they shot the one-year-old child because it's only like a few inches trajectory of a bullet you know go in whichever uh, direction, latitude, longitude to, uh, you know, but the police are allowed to make those kinds of mistakes. Never mind that you have an orphan now. <laughs> so let's talk about foreign policy with Syria. So Syria has, of course, gone along with the chemical weapons disarmament plan. Now Kerry is actually giving them praise. So I think the Obama administration's trying to expect us all to have amnesia, to forget their warmongering. For the past couple of weeks, months, years, I mean, just the fact that they want to actually physically invade does not discount the fact that they've been using the CIA and, 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 and Israeli and Saudi forces to artificially create this astroturf rebellion movement. Yeah, the people want Assad out, but the people want Assad out. They don't want some Al-Qaeda branch to come in and do it for them, but how did Al-Qaeda get into Syria? Well, simple. The U.S., just like they did with the Mujahideen in the 80s, just like they did recently with Libya, they sent al-Qaeda into Libya, the CIA themselves. So as much as, you know, many factions of al-Qaeda have been loose cannons, maybe since uh, they've uh, CIA has abandoned them and let them go and, you know, blowback and everything like that, they're still connected to a few uh, groups. And, you know, al-Qaeda is mostly an overblown myth because most of it is created by the CIA, trained by Israel and funded by the Saudis. I mean, it's just, it's so nuts. And proof from diplomatic sources are saying that actually the Saudi black op team was behind one of the Damascus chemical weapons attack. Pointing out the obvious here, this is just what happens with the covert stuff. So the Obama administration wants us to forget the warmongering of the past few months. They also want to forget the covert CIA operations that essentially fuel this whole conflict in the first place. I mean, they shouldn't be... I'm not just against a military strike. I'm against the notion of intervention at all, playing chess with the world. I mean, certainly government's inept. And, you know, Starchild was on the show a long while ago. He said, you know, they're pretty horrible chess players. I would certainly agree. But the fact that they even think that they're, you know, they have this right to, uh, to alter the outcome of history in these countries that they don't belong to. Do you think they care about those people in Syria? Hell no. 
They want they. This is all about conquest and colonialism. And so, yeah, the Saudi black op team was was allegedly behind this chemical weapons attack because the Saudis have been funding this Al Qaeda group in Syria, along with the U.S.'s CIA, along with Israeli Mossad commandos training those individuals. Uh, you know, and, and it, it's 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 so ridiculous. So, so in, in, in other international news, Egypt may attack Gaza Strip. Another reason why we need to end foreign aid to Egypt and end the puppet military dictatorship of Egypt that will just do the U.S.'s bidding and certainly Israel's bidding. Uh, and speaking of that, there's actually a poll. There was a poll done by, I believe, Pew or somebody. Somebody, some uh, credible organization did a poll showing that uh, the young American Jews... Uh, are, are actually losing confidence in the Israeli government uh, that they're seeing that you know they're that uh, you know the religion does that have to be tied to a, a state entity a government and governments are technically corporations uh, just they have this facade of you know we're we're the mon- monopoly power we have this monopoly on violence so where where in any religious text does it say you need this uh, entity of a state in order to be why can't why not just voluntary pilgrimage to this land and instead of kicking somebody else off their land and bulldozing their home, find an uninhabited area and build your home where you're, out, you're not hurting anybody and nobody's going to hurt you because, I mean, lizards live on, on there. But instead, they, they, this was the British military coup in 1948, the Nakba, you know, a big uh, ethnic cleansing campaign. So people, are, I think, are starting to realize that they don't want this to be done in their name. Maybe, thanks to the Internet, they are seeing that reverence to a government that has AK-47s pointed at Palestinian children is not the same as reverence to God, and that racist scaremongers like Abe Foxman, the Goebbels of the Israeli regime, have no soul or credibility. I'm surprised that Abe, uh, his racist and ad hominem colors didn't show, and he just called every Jew in America self-hating because that's such, again, it is that, that term is so racist and ad hominem, regardless of how offensive it is, I think all these, you know, uh, Israeli propagandists need to go back to, you know, basic philosophy one-on-one to know that what they're spewing is is uh, logical fallacies. You call somebody a name and that's supposed to be your, all of a sudden win the argument? So, yeah, uh, according to Israel, a government, they own every Jew in the world just because of the way they were born. And if you have one inkling, if you're a Jew and you have one inkling of independent thought about you to even question the state of Israel... Then you hate yourself. Of course, the, turn off the sarcasm there. That is just such condescending racist dribble that these Israeli propagandists put out to cover up military war crimes. Now, Zionism is not Judaism, even though racist assholes and government of Israel's propagandists pretend it is. And, and, and similarly, uh, there's an article from the Londonbury Sentinel pointing out that journalist Orla Devine or Devine, uh, has been posted to the West Bank and occupied Palestinian territory to work as a, quote, human rights observer. In the Londonbury Sentinel article, she describes many aspects of Palestinian living in modern-day apartheid. You know, getting attacked by these settlers that think they have claim to their land. That's all their homes. They throw settlers, you know, these racist uh, uh, people from Israel that... uh, certainly don't represent everybody, but enough of them are participating in it to make it this genocide apartheid happen. Uh, so they, they chase, actually people have to, get, have to get military escorts back to their homes because they'll get attacked by settlers. Even the reporter from the Lendenberry Sentinel got 
attacked by rocks, so they had to run away. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a gnarly situation. And here's a quote from Netanyahu. So, uh, you know, now they've subsided with Syria, but of course they're still saying that uh, Iran is a threat. So again, Syria was a backdoor war with Iran. Now that that's out of the way and Syria is complying with everything, they don't have an excuse anymore. So now they're just going directly at Iran. You know, that smokescreen thing with Obama trying to be the peacemaker, he just goes back to being you know war silent war mongered. Uh, allowing uh, Netanyahu to decide American foreign policy. Uh, so, so this is what came out of Netanyahu's mouth today, or, or another uh, earlier. He said, quote, I think if the Iranian people had freedom, they would wear jeans, listen to Western music, and have free elections. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of hypocritical because the only people that get rights in Israel are white Jews. Black Jews get forced sterilized at the point of uh, entry into the country. Ethiopian Jewish birth rates decline. And it's an apartheid state, so only a certain group of people gets rights. So how can he say, talk about free elections and freedom and genes make you a free person? Well, I'm sorry, but the Soviet Union produced genes. Maybe not very much, but people probably still had something. That doesn't make you free. You know what makes you free? Equality and individual rights, no matter how you were born. So that would mean extending equal rights to the Palestinians and allowing them the right to return to their homes that they stole. So Israel's government ignores the rights of other people, such as Arabs, just like the Federal Reserve ignores food and energy uh, costs when factoring the inflation rate. They just leave the food and energy out entirely. So it saddens me that such hateful speech comes out of the Israeli prime minister. Which is, I'm not saying that Iran's perfect, but it's like, who's good in this situation? I would say that, you know, uh, certainly a lot worse when you have an apartheid and a genocide and your entire thing is on stealing land that isn't yours. What, is, what does that have to do with religion. Maybe uh, some brainwashed people. Yeah, the bunch of people that throw rocks because they think they have a right to the land because God told them to be. But where does an AK-47 have to do with reverence to God? Are you not supposed to kill or steal? Are you not supposed to kill people to steal their land? Uh, they use religion as a cover to, ki to kill a bunch of people. So, in other news, a rare yeast in a Texas man gut actually brews beer when he eats carbohydrates. That's kind of disgusting. <laughs> in other news, a punk rock band was shooting a porno in front of the Westboro Baptist Church. Uh, additionally, uh, called the, quote, corporate Trojan horse by democracynow.com, Obama is pushing the secretive TPP, Trans-Pacific Partnership Trade Pact, which would rewrite a swath of U.S. laws, sell out U.S. sovereignty to multinational corporations, you know, a bunch of traitors that these multinationals are, traitors to the Constitution, uh, for, you know, creating another uh, global authority, uh, you know, that further takes away power from the local level. Um, you know, I, I would say down with the TPP and make it transparent. And uh, does, that's about it for the news, except for this last one that really does alarm me. 
The Rockefellers and the Rothschilds are uniting under a common group as Rothschild Investment Trust and Rockefeller Financial Services merge. So they're, gr- gr- they're merging Rothschild Investment Trust and Rockefeller Financial Services. They're essentially merging their fortunes. So the, the, the head of this kind of global, you know, monster that they're creating, and I just merged it into one. Uh, that, that, that's, that's a bit of a sad news, but that, that about does it for the news brief. The headlines, there's certainly a lot more going on, but, you know, I, th- I think that touches up on a lot of stuff. So I want to play this one song, or two songs, actually, before we come up on the ne- next hour with my appearance on the Freedoms Fiends radio show, where I talk about my article on the war on journalism, S987, which basically defines what a journalist is, Senator Feinstein's bill. Uh, it's uh, an article I wrote at thekdreport.com. I don't know if any of you know, I've been watching San Diego Channel 6 News, but an awesome journalist there by the name of uh, Kimberly Dvorak uh, has been doing great investigations into the death of Michael Hastings, into Syria, Benghazi, the drug war, um, uh, many other things, and um, has brought me on board to write a few articles because I did some investigation into the war on journalism and how I would actually not be considered a journalist anymore if this bill were to ever pass. So we talk about the details. So be sure to stay tuned for the rest of the episode here up until 9 p.m. Uh, but right now I want to play the song The Unknown Guest by the band Cynic. And then after that, Cosmos by the band Portal, which is essentially Cynic after they broke up in 1994. A bit more spacey bit of a conscious journey for you all to go down here on KKSM, the radio revolution and LRN.FM, the Liberty Radio Network, freethoughtmedia.org. My appearance on yesterday's Freedom Fiends show will be up top of the next hour.
20, Oceanside.
Hello, all you freedom fiends. This is Nima Vidati here in Austin, Texas. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you're at. And uh, also, Michael W. Dean is here with us. How are you doing, Mr. Dean? I'm good. I'm uh, broadcasting Charlie Frost style, like the movie 2012 from my satellite internet service out here at Yellowstone National Park on top of an active volcano. Active in Yellowstone? Oh, well, no. I mean, they're technically everybody's gonna active. freak out. No, 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 no. I'm not call the, call no. the History Channel. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> it's not. It's not an active volcano event. But you know that caldera. Uh, it's just. Uh, it's just a, a glimmer away from just you know wiping out the world, according to the movie 2012. I just watched in which uh, there's a guy named Charlie Frost. He's a like pirate radio talk show host conspiracy guy played by uh, Woody Harrelson, and he's yes, awesome, and he kind of yes, looks great. like me. And he kind of sounds like Alex Jones, and uh, he's one of my favorite characters ever. And I love that movie until it starts getting good in the, at the end, and they start making it into this socialist parable of, well, we must save the you. people who aren't rich and couldn't afford the ticket on the Ark. Yeah, that's all I got, man. <laughs> well, you guys... the people who built the arcs <laughs> built the ark from the stolen money that they extracted know, from taxpayers' blood, sweat, and tears. And it's just so. a big government bailout yeah. again, as usual. Yeah, and uh, speaking but I, of but government I am in, but bailouts. I am, but I am in Yellowstone but, camping today using my satellite internet. I hope it sounds good. I think it sounds pretty good. Okay. I can do That's this from story. anywhere, We're sticking man. To I can it. do it from anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, speaking of from anywhere, we've got somebody else on with us today. We've <laughs> from got anywhere. Alex Fidel. He is from anywhere. That's where he resides. Alex is host of Free Thought Radio. It airs on KKSM Yay. AM. 1320 in San Diego. And of course, uh, it's rebroadcast on LRN.FM. You know LRN. That's uh, where we pretty Woo! much got our widespread start there. So we got to throw shouts out to Ian over there at LRN.FM. Uh, Alex also contributes to freethoughtmedia.org, where he's a citizen journalist and a grassroots activist. And his latest piece is on S987. Now, what is S987? Well, from its stupid cryptic name, you can already tell it's some government shenanigans. But you get more of a sense of what it really is from its Orwellian title, which is the Free Flow of Information Act of 2013. Alex, are you there with us? Yes, indeed. Thank you guys for having me on. Oh, no problem. So, yeah, the Free Flow of Information Act. Alex, why shouldn't we have the Free Flow of Information? <laughs> I don't know. Why wouldn't you? Um, so th- this uh, <laughs> I, I, I wrote this article. Um, I started doing uh, some, some uh, contributing for uh, – uh, a reporter here from San Diego Six was doing the uh, the reporting on the death of Michael Hastings, so uh, naturally right. wanted me to start doing uh, writing for her alternative media news site over at uh, the KDReport.com is where I wrote it at. But um, right. basically, they wrote this legislation. Uh, actually, a bit of a backstory. So I was I was obviously not too pleased with hearing about this legislation. So I I had a. a, a Meeting with a, a staffer from Senator Feinstein's office here in San Diego, and that's so brave. I got a, that's very brave of you. <laughs> and, yeah. So they they handed me this Congressional Research Service like summary of the bill, and it was dated actually back to May. So they've been working on this for a while. Um, uh, and, and the justification of it, well, so the the government taps into AP's phone records, right? So they right. use that as justification for this act. So. We, the government, spied on AP illegally. 
So therefore, we, the government, <laughs> must write this legislation to protect people like AP in the future from people like ourselves. <laughs> yes, <laughs> That's, yes, it's it's very ridiculous, and there's not a whole <laughs> lot of news on it. And I was wondering why nope. there's not a whole like if you do a Google News search of S ninety nine eight seven, you get nothing. If you do it and you add the Free Flow of Information Act, you get a few things, but it's mostly people pitching it as some kind of great thing. It's, yeah. it's now we're nationalizing the Shield Law. You know what right? I think? It's, and, it's it's the people that are going to benefit from it are the people who control the flow of information to exactly. you. You know, yep. right, right. So, so when you do the Google News search, you get all those mainstream sources saying, "Yeah, this is great." And there might be some, you know, some bad things in it, like you know, independent journalists won't be able to be protected. But oh, yeah. who cares about them? <laughs> and let me, let me, let me get into that. So, this is before I, I, I didn't read the uh, the, the the summary in, until I left the office. I just kind of was just asking them questions over and over again and asking them to like pardon Chelsea Manning and stuff like that. They were claiming like, since I said, well, look, I heard that, it, that there was a salary, you know, uh, uh, stipulation in there. Like, nope, nope, no salary stipulation. You're actually going to be better protected as a journalist <laughs> under this legislation. Like I don't, uh, I don't get paid. I, I, I don't even have free thought, you know, whatever incorporated. So it's, it's like, uh, um, it's so this is uh, this is after i left after i left i read the thing and so let me let me quote it um it, this is how they uh define journalists quote it is clear that lawmakers and media advocates believe that the privilege should apply to journalists employed by the new york times the associated press or the cleveland plain dealer however the question of whether a person should be considered a journalist becomes murkier when the entity or person in question is a blogger or a website like wikileaks.org, end quote. Mm. I like the specific mentioning of wikileaks.org. That's very... Uh, <laughs> of course, of course. They want they want it to be in law that they're demonizing WikiLeaks <laughs> and Julian Assange. Now, here's yeah. the thing that, that confuses me about this whole shield law stuff. Um, I mean, from my understanding, what it is, is it means journalists can't be compelled in court to divulge their sources. That way yep. there's no chilling effect. That way the journalist doesn't lose his reputation. You know, if a lawyer uh, breaks the, the lawyer-client confidence, then he's going to be dis barred and nobody's going to hire him. So similar things would happen to a journalist who would uh, out his anonymous sources. But yeah. you know, it seems to me, don't we already have that? Like in court, how are they going to force you? It, even without any kind of shield law, even without the Fifth Amendment, which couldn't you just use that? Say, well, I'm not talking. Or Miranda, like I'm not talking. Um, even without those things, you just your person, your brain is your own shield law. Because if you're in court and they're asking you your sources, can't you just not talk? Um, I, I would, I would hope so. But I, for me, this is just, I think it's just an extra piece of paper they could point out to. And when they drone Julian Assange, they'll be like, look, look, it's legal. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. They're, they're setting up the, the dialogue that, um, these people who aren't employed with the New York Times or the Cleveland Free Press aren't journalists. So when we murder them yeah. to death, you don't have to be concerned. Well, yeah. it, you know, and it's not like they haven't uh, yeah. shot journalists with 50 caliber machine guns from an Apache helicopter. I mean, that's part of yeah. why WikiLeaks is so demonized is because of that collateral murder video where they were shooting at Reuters journalists. Exactly. And they've been doing this already. Like I, like I said, like I, this is just going to be an extra piece of 
paper for them to point at and justify, be like, oh, it's legal, therefore it's good, and, and uh, it'll just allow them to do be more prolific, even though um, they still have a war on journalism, literally, and um, so and uh, this is how it go, goes into it in, in detail. So the House version would define a, quote, covered person, and I like that terminology. You're a, you're a covered person. Wow. <laughs> to, to mean, quote, a person who, for financial gain or livelihood, there's the salary question, a person who, mm. for financial gain or livelihood, is engaged in journalism and includes any entity that employs that person, but does not include foreign powers or those designated as terrorists organizations. In other words, people who earn money as journalists and those entities that employ them are covered by the bill. Let me uh, break down those two points about foreign powers and how it's already been used. Um, so I, you guys remember the the, the ACLU and antiwar.com versus the FBI or whatever? Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Justin Raimondo wrote some articles about uh, uh, certain spies on uh, 9-11 and uh, wrote an article that kind of, he's kind of like Barrett Brown. So Barrett Brown is like the kind of informal person from Anonymous. Uh, posted a link that was already publicly available. So something that's already publicly available on the internet. He posted it to a forum. It happened to be the publicly available uh, Stratford leak from Anonymous with all these like credit card informations. That's why Barrett yep. Brown is facing 105 years or something like that. What Justin did is he, uh, and this is back in 2002. So this is before all of this like was happening. Um, this, so they used the Patriot Act on, on somebody like Justin and antiwar.com. Um, so he linked to a publicly available website with publicly available document, but the website was foreign. So this is where the foreign powers thing comes in. They were the, mm. the claim in the, like the FBI file or whatever was that he, they were trying to somehow associate him with a foreign power because he linked to some terrorist watch list that Ugh. had like, the, the owner of the uh, front moving company or whatever. Um, and that, so he, him and Barrett Brown are in sort of the same situation, except back then it, it was the Patriot Act, not like um, whatever they have now. And, and then the terrorists claim those designated as terrorist organizations. I would just like to point out to David Miranda, um, Glenn Greenwald's uh, partner detained under UK terrorism laws. It, it, yep. So this is how, this is how, this is ju- just examples of how they use it already, but this is just going to, again, this S-987 free flow of information act is just an additional uh, worthless piece of paper, another law that they can point out and be like, see, we're all knowing, all powerful. Uh, let us kill uh, these truth telling journalists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it is, it's the administration's war on journalism. Uh, they're upping the ante. This is their surge, right? And they're going to say after this passes, the surge against journalism worked. And, uh, Justin, speaking of Justin Romando, he also points out that it's not just a war anymore on journalism, but on free speech itself in, uh, his, yep. Latest article he posts about Elijah Trojanov, uh, who was held in Brazil. I think he's um, a German writer who wrote books critical of uh, the American administration, and they would not let him fly. They said it wow. was a security issue. They wouldn't let him fly from Brazil to the United States. He was supposed to speak at a conference, and um, 
writers in the world. You know, this isn't an isolated incident. People who yeah. uh, are supposed to be coming to the United States to share information, the free flow of ideas, which is exactly what the bill says it's supposed <laughs> to promote. Uh, the free flow of ideas is being stopped and blocked. And um, the NSA, you know, because they're the ones who put the security thing on this guy, they say no comment. <laughs> they don't even want to <laughs> fess up to what's going on. Yeah. And we'll have more freedom fiends when we get back from the market. You're listening to Freedom Fiends with Nima V and Michael Dean. Inoculation from indoctrination. Learn more at freedomfiends.com. This is Nima Vidati from the Freedom Fiends. Using government-printed funny money fuels and encourages wars abroad and the wars at home against you and all you hold dear. Why should you remain beholden to self-appointed federal kings who don't care if you starve in a cage? Become your own king today by owning gold and silver from Midas Resources. Go to freedomfiends.com and click on the Midas Resources banner over on the right or go to gold.freedomfiends.com. That's gold.freedomfiends.com. You've read books, attended lectures, and you know the Constitution well enough to know it's a well-crafted blueprint to create an ever-increasing federal empire. But there's still one thing missing. Buttons! Freedom Fiends now has buttons. You'll get state speech is hate speech, guns and weed, by sheep for sheep on sheep, and two designs for the Freedom Fiends. Wear them with pride. Use them to start conversations with statists. It's only $10 for five buttons, including shipping. Go to freedomfiends.com and click on the link at the top that says buttons. What does freedom mean? Tune in to LRN.FM to find out. LRN.FM is the Liberty Radio Network, a collection of live talk radio and podcasts, all coming from a principled pro-liberty perspective. LRN.FM show hosts aren't left, right, or conspiracy kooks. You can tune in 24-7 to LRN.FM via your phone, computer, satellite, and more. Listen free anytime at LRN.FM. That's LRN.FM. Holla, it's the Freedom Fiends. I am Nima Vidati here in Central Texas, skipping ACL to talk to much more informed people, i.e. Michael W. Dean and Alex Fiddle. Are you guys both with me right now? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm here. This is Mr. Michael Dean broadcasting with my satellite phone from the top of the caldera in Yellowstone National Park. I hope I sound good. All right. And uh, we're talking with Alex about S-987, Orwellianly dubbed the Free Flow of Information Act of 2013, pitched as a protection, a federal protection or shield law for journalists. But the poison pill and maybe even the real reason they're trying to pass it is because it defines a government, uh, what, what the government definition of a journalist is, which basically means somebody who gets paid by a major media organization. Now, um, it seems really scary because these people that they would consider or that they categorize as professional journalists, they don't have a lot of the benefits of a citizen journalist or a whistleblower or a blogger, i.e. they are on a daily grind. They are pumping out their, their journalist factories. They have to pump out two to three stories a day, and so they can't really focus. They're, a lot of times they're not in-depth. They just scratch the surface. And Alex, in your article on this, uh, you have a really great quote by George Orwell that says – 
journalism is printing what someone else does not want printed. Everything else is public relations. And I remember when I worked uh, in the mainstream media, um, usually the only time I would talk to senators or congressmen is when they were doing a junket or have a press conference and you go mm -hmm. and everything's controlled and set up. And if you ask something that they don't want asked, they kind of look at you funny and then they give you politician speak for two or three minutes where they don't answer your question. Uh, the same thing that Barack Obama did to Ben Swan when he asked him about him yeah. uh, supporting terrorism in Syria. But you <laughs> actually went to Dianne Feinstein's office. I guess you didn't talk to the F word herself, but uh, you did <laughs> talk to the staffers. Uh, go ahead and yeah. paint the picture. What was that like? I walked in and uh, I mean, it, it was, she had, uh, you know, gun control magazines and stuff like that. I, I know people <laughs> that have like been to her DC office and she has like DEA museum literature she was you know in the no on 19 campaign here in california um, um no on 19 what's, what's that oh the, the legalization of cannabis oh uh, wow okay oh and and those listening in the barstow station by the way there is another legalization initiative uh, written by jack Hare. i don't know maybe pe people may have smoked that but uh, he was a real guy. It's the California Cannabis Hemp Initiative. So find somebody and, and sign it so he could do it already. <laughs> um, but um, so I, I was kind of just bringing up different points about, well, what about her, uh, Senator Feinstein's rabid rhetoric on WikiLeaks? Uh, what, what, is this, what does this bill have to do with WikiLeaks? And like, oh, absolutely nothing. <laughs> like just completely, even though I have, you know, they, they, she gave me the Congressional Research Service summary. I mean, she could have read it herself, um, but maybe she didn't. But obviously, it was flat out denying. But I obviously, but they knew I was going to go home and read it, and then see that they specifically mentioned WikiLeaks.org as a website not covered by this bill. <laughs> wow! How did they treat you? Did they treat you like "Go away, kid"? You bother me. I mean, did they not give you the respect <laughs> that they would give somebody who had a camera with an NBC logo on it, or what? Um. Maybe a little bit. I mean, I felt like maybe they, they were kind of waiting to brush me out the door, even though I just kept asking questions and stuff like that and saying, well, I mean, do I look like somebody that deserves to be droned? I mean, I'm, 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 in, my, I'm in my prime years and uh, because I end up being a journalist, that's uh, – <laughs> Did you get the sense that they buy into the BS or did you get the sense that they're sinister? Well, maybe not the staffer. Because they're just an employee, but at the same time, they have. I mean, they're supposed. To, that's their job, is to be informed on these things. Um, maybe Feinstein more sinister, but um, I <laughs> yeah, don't I don't. I don't know if their job is actually to be informed. I think their job is to tell people what people want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> where, me, where do you go from here? Are you going to keep digging? Are you going to keep pushing? Are you going to try to get Feinstein herself? Is is that a, a possibility? Um, I'm going to send her a letter. I'm going to send her uh, the copy of the article because this was before I wrote the article. Um, this is like my preliminary recon <laughs> on the article. Right. Um, so I'm going to send her an article. I'm going to send her this thing from like a marijuana group that um, is like it's like a candy bar, but it's like you know a hundred grand for like um, that's how much they spend on the war. So I'll you know also do uh, let her know how much she's wasting on, on patients and we'll get, we'll have to talk about it more after the break we will I guess. we will we'll, we'll, we'll keep getting to that we'll also have more about uh trauma films so go ahead and stick with yes. us we've got some independent other independent media stuff coming up for you in just a bit on the freedom fiends we're listening
listening to Freedom Fiends with Nima V and Michael Dean. So much truth, it hurts. Want to contribute to liberty but short on cash? You can help the Freedom Fiends without even spending a post-1964 dime. Download uTorrent and start seeding Fiends episodes and DVDs to help keep us drone-proof. There's a Torrent Club link at the top of FreedomFiends.com. There you'll find our Torrent RSS feed and instructions to grab past episodes and automatically download new ones, even while you're away from the computer. You'll also get special episodes of The Fiend's Days or even weeks before regular podcast subscribers who aren't torrenting. Leave your computer on, seating the torrents while you're at work or asleep. The more people seating The Fiend's, the more drone-proof we'll be when the boot comes down. My fellow Freedom Fiends... I put it to you that you have nothing to fear but government itself. Yeah. I am Nima Fadadi. We've also got Michael Dean, my hype man today. How's it hype going, man. Mr. Dean? Yeah, I do want to mention that in that great movie 2012, that uh, apocalyptic movie by the guy who did uh, who did Independence Day, but this one's a little, little less statist. He actually liked to make fun of, of the government in it because, okay, it's got like the crazy guy who knows what's happening and no one believes him, and he's a, a radio show host who broadcasts Ben Quaker style from his uh, Winnebago. And he, he's, he's at, uh, they've closed off, the government's closed off Yellowstone, and this scientist sneaks in, played by John Cusack, and they catch him and his kids and throw him out. And they, when they have him in custody, they're like, he's like, what are you guys doing here? And there's all these army guys around and all this scientific equipment. And they're like, we're uh, nothing. We're doing geology. And he says, do you always do geology with machine guns? <laughs> there's also a great line in that movie. One of the president's advisors says of the, of the guy with the talk show host with, uh, with, with his windowless mobile bunker satellite style. Like I've got, he, uh, they say of him, you know, it's, it's a sad day when the crazy guy on the corner holding, screaming and holding the cardboard sign turns out to be right. <laughs> and we could. are that guy on the corner. So go ahead. Yeah. We just have better microphones. Yeah. Um, and satellite. So yeah. Speaking of uh, the government and their war on journalism, um, it's not just American journalists. Uh, it's Yemeni journalists, too. Uh, Abdulela Haider Shai. I'm not uh, pronouncing that correctly at all. But he's, he's a Yemeni guy. Uh, he was so good at getting uh, information from al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula that he had regular work from The Guardian, ABC News, New York Times. Because obviously this guy that speaks the language uh, and knows the local politics is able to get these guys to talk. He's able to source these guys. And yes, they're terrorists, but does that not mean that you can't have journalists going and getting information from them? Um, and he exposed a drone attack as being uh, an American drone attack, whereas the Yemeni government has been claiming credit for all of these strikes, saying that, that it's their airstrikes. Now, does anybody in the world believe that the Yemeni government has the resources to bomb their own people? And if they did, uh, wouldn't they get those resources from the American government in the first place? <laughs> and uh, Alex, you've actually uh, noted something. Is it something in the new Senate bill, the Free Flow of Information Act, that references this Yemeni journalist? No, not specifically, but I'm uh, that, that's actually my what I was wondering before the first break that we took. Uh, I was wondering if this only applies to American journalists. I mean, since they're West, uh, mentioning WikiLeaks.org specifically as some people that are not going to be covered by this bill, 
uh, Julian Assange is Australian or whatever. Um, I, maybe, I, again, this is just going to be another piece of paper that they can point at and justify their actions so they could increase the amount of guns they point at journalists, um, even right. though they've been doing it already. Um, but I'm, I'm wondering if, like, you know, things like the Yemeni journalist, journalist will set a precedent. Yeah, he was trying to uncover that. Uh, I don't even think it was a drone attack. I think it was a cruise missile thing. Um, but ah, the canisters okay. had U.S. labeling on it, killed a bunch of mm-hmm. children in a village. Nobody had anything to do with terrorism. Obama made a phone call personally himself Mm. to the president of Yemen saying to keep the guy in jail. Right, right. And then he was in jail for for years, wasn't he? I think he was recently released. At least uh, Russia Today reported in the summer. This summer he was released. So I I guess that's a good thing. (laughs) All right. Um, But, you know, speaking of media, independent journalists, you know, independent media is also about art. And uh, you're not just a journalist. Is that right? You're into uh, other forms of human expression? Oh yeah, I, I, I came into this uh, as, as uh, from musical background and an independent uh, DIY filmmaker. Uh, uh, just always been making uh, music and and uh, and messing around with independent films. I checked right. out your band. I like your band a lot. Thanks. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I liked your video. Uh, it, it was supposed to be on the Toxic Avenger, one of the sequels, and uh, it had a intro that was sort of a live action throwback to Red Dead Redemption. It's really awesome. <laughs> it's vice versa, Nemo. Vice versa? Red Dead yeah. Redemption is a throwback to his video? No, it's a throwback <laughs> to the movie, probably. What, Nemo what doesn't movie? know what Toxic Avenger is. Nemo's like, I don't know what that is. I'm too old. I don't know what Troma Films is, but I, I schooled him. Troma no, Films but, is- but, the, but the way the scenes were set up were, I mean, it was like the dueling scenes in Red Dead Redemption, yeah. right, Alex? Uh, ah, yeah. okay. Ha. Uh, ha. That, that wasn't where we got it from, but if, it, if that's what it looked like, that's pretty cool. Ha! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you worked with uh, Lloyd Kaufman, huh? Uh, yeah, so I basically I read his movie Make Your Own da- or read his book Make Your Own Damn Movie um, in high school, and he was talking about all these bands that were making music for him to put in their his movies for free because they were just fans. Yeah, so I just decided to do the same thing, and but I was like more from like a heavy metal background, and I never really heard that kind of thing. I never really heard anybody like like a gnarly virtuoso shredder on some trauma movies. So I wanted to try to. To, to take that uh, to stake a claim on that before anybody else did <laughs> and uh, made a made a heavy metal song um, wrote some lyrics um, made a pretty crappy uh, demo sent it off they liked it even though I was like uh, I, I can't I can't sing so I was doing like Creed vocals for the just to show how it went. <laughs> yeah go on <laughs> so that so then we eventually uh recorded the song we got this like kind of like judas priest guy to like do these vocals he, he has this really cool band called cage he's actually like really into like liberty and stuff um he's pretty cool um but he did the vocals and then we m- went on this year-long excursion to make this music video completely independent um on our own like in-house um even even independent from lloyd and and um, um we were hoping like that it, it would end up on the toxic avenger part five or or um so and we did end up signing it, signing it, you know, giving them a rights to use it uh, non-exclusively. Um, so we so we made the we made the music video over the course of the year, or a lot of different places, a lot of uh, desert scenes like that one in the beginning. Um, a lot a lot of really cool place with like a um, where the main part where the band shots are in this place in um, the desert in California, but it had like this gnarly purple skyline. It, it was awesome. Um, but uh, the, I think the highlight was 
meeting Dennis Woodruff, who's a vagrant actor from Hollywood, um, in uh, at a Kamikaze Expo. Uh, he was just so outrageous, and he like interrupted the all that reunion, cast reunion, and he was just an outrageous character. So we we had him in this like final scene for the music video, and uh, this didn't end up in the final music video, but uh, I, I I ended up getting a. An alien probe from uh, Dennis right there in, in front of the Hollywood sign. <laughs> yeah, Dennis wait, Woodruff. Wait, wait, what does that mean? If, if we people got an alien probe? If people don't know who Dennis Woodruff is, if you've lived in L.A., you know who Dennis Woodruff is. He has a really bizarrely painted van with bobbles glued all over it that says, Dennis Woodruff, actor. He, he changes it from time to time. But he's homeless, lives in a van down by the river, and literally he's been in a bunch of movies because people in L.A. just go, that guy will be in a movie if we buy him lunch. <laughs> yeah, Lloyd Kaufman uh yeah, wrote, wrote Lloyd Kaufman wrote the blurb on my first uh how to book $30 film school. I'm looking at the first edition of it right now. On the cover it says, "Read this excellent book and learn how to produce profitable independent films while sticking your finger in the eyes of the devil-worshipping media conglomerates who are sucking <laughs> us dry." of our spiritual and economic capital. Now, here's the interesting <laughs> thing I want to know about Lloyd. Lloyd is the ultimate, I mean, he kind of defined guerrilla filmmaking in America, and he makes a good living at it, and he makes decent you know, B-movies, horror movies with it. The thing I wonder is, he's now married to a woman who is the New York City Film Commissioner. I wonder how he would feel uh, that... I wonder how she feels, and I'm not like insulting her. I'm just, this is, I mean, it's, it's just an interesting uh, dichotomy. You know, he's written all these books on, you know, thumb your nose at the man, don't get permits, just run out in the street and start acting and filming and don't ask for permits. You don't need no permission slips. And his wife is in char- is, runs the organization that is in charge of bringing in vast amounts of capital to New York City for charging for those permission slips. Actually, uh, uh, somebody was uh, some punk band was filming a porno outside the Westboro Baptist Church. That's guerrilla filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. So tell me a Lloyd story. I've never met the um, guy. I've only talked to him on the phone a bunch. Uh, Lo- Lloyd. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so we. Uh, this is what uh, in high school I went to New York to the trauma thing just to go there. Uh, I think it's the first time I ever met. No, I may may have met Lloyd before in person at like a Comic-Con or something, but I visited the Troma Studios in New York. Um, I brought a camera. They were very nice and welcoming. They showed us around and everything. This was actually on the day of the premiere of the Toxic Avenger, the musical. Um, uh, But even then, they were still like very uh, welcome. Lloyd even did like a shout out for the high school uh, TV station that I did stuff for. And and, uh, they had the, uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but a giant phallic uh, monster from... Uh, from, from a bunch of different movies, from like Tromeo and Juliet and like Poultrygeist <laughs> and stuff like No, it was actually the Poultry Poultrygeist. Guy, pol- it was the Poultrygeist chicken phallic monster. Correction. <laughs> <laughs> so that was in the background. In, in the school version, I had, to, I had to like blur out an entire corner of the, uh, of the frame because I didn't, I didn't think that would be permissible. But he made a Schindler's <laughs> List joke. He's like, anybody watching, you know, SDA Live or whatever, it's the best station since uh, Schindler's or like. I've never watched a better thing since I've watched Schindler's List. I'm like, all right, I'm getting expelled from high school. And Lloyd Kaufman, <laughs> Lloyd Kaufman is, is Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, actually, turnout was not the case. There were a bunch of teachers that were like, oh, I remember Toxic Avenger back from the day. And the only people that got in trouble were like people who used fake blood in a different skit. And that was completely 
unrelated. So that was pretty cool. I didn't I didn't get expelled for Lloyd. <laughs> um, and I, I'm the only time I ever met Ron Jeremy uh, or was with Lloyd. So uh, pretty interesting. <laughs> Wait, you you Ron Jeremy and Lloyd Kaufman were all hanging out at Comic Con. Okay. <laughs> Good times. So, um, if you you've heard the story about how uh, how the guys from South Park got their break in Hollywood, right? Yep, from Trauma, Cannibal the Musical. Yeah, I'll tell this really quickly for those who don't know it. It's a good third-party story here. They were starving. Uh, Trey and, and uh, Matt were starving in their cars, living in their cars in L.A. after being there for a while. And they had this film they'd made, this live-action film, uh, Cannibal the Musical. And they were trying to sell it in Hollywood, and nobody would touch it. Nobody would return their calls. Finally, their hero, Lloyd Kaufman, returned their calls. And he's like, yeah, I saw your little picture. I'd like to meet you guys for lunch and talk about distributing it. And they were like, our ship has come in. And he gave the, he gave them the address. And they're looking for, like, you know, the Palms or some five-star restaurant. And they go there, and it's like a, an El Pollo Loco, the restaurant that, like, <laughs> the chicken restaurant in Breaking Bad is based on. And not only was it at a fast food joint, like, Lloyd didn't pick up their tab. It was Dutch Treat. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he basically... That sounds like Lloyd. Yeah, and he basically said, I'll put out your movie. You're not going to make any money, but I'll put it out. <laughs> and they said, okay. And that was how they got their start in Hollywood and became what they are today. We'll be back with more on the Freedom Fiends after this break at the market. We're listening to Freedom Fiends with Nima V and Michael Dean. They'll be right back just as soon as this drone is out of range. This is Michael Dean from the Freedom Fiends. Federal Reserve notes only have value because of a collective hallucination, whereas gold and silver are real, and so is their value. Gold and silver predate government-printed funny money, and they will undoubtedly outlive government-printed funny money. Get some gold and silver into your hands from Midas Resources by going to freedomfiends.com right now and clicking on the Midas Resources banner over on the right. Or go to gold.freedomfiends.com. That's gold.freedomfiends.com. Creamy Radio Audio. Want caviar sound on a cat food budget? Creamy Radio Audio by the Freedom Fiends has great free tips so you can sound like a pro without spending like one. The most powerful form of human communication is one person speaking to another. But if people have to suffer through your sound, they'll change the channel and miss your message. With articles on microphones, preamps, recorders, mastering, recording remotely over the internet, doing a podcast, even getting a show on actual radio, the Freedom Fiends show you what they use and where to get it. Whether you're a talk show host, voiceover artist, podcaster, evangelist, or just want to record your loved ones for the ages, at Creamy Radio Audio, the Freedom Fiends will help you make the most of your sound. Creamy Radio Audio will help you speak to the world with sound that will make people want to keep listening. Check out CreamyRadioAudio.com. That's CreamyRadioAudio.com. When you shop online, please do it through the Freedom Fiends Amazon link over on the right side of FreedomFiends.com. It won't cost you any extra, and the Fiends will get a little taste from Amazon, and Amazon will save you the danger of drive-by stabbings at your local mall. Amazon sells pretty much everything you can buy on this earth, except for guns and weed. But they do sell the DVD, Guns and Weed, The Road to Freedom. So get that for your gun-hating stoner brother or neocon gun nut dad. They'll thank you for it. That's freedomfiends.com. Freedom, Foxtrot, Echo, Echo, November, Sierra.com. Uh, 
All right, welcome back to Freedom Fiends Live Talk Radio Show. This is the bottom of hour one, and we've got uh, Alex Fiddle on with me, Nima Vidati, and Michael W. Dean. And uh, Alex has some loose ends he wanted to tie up from our discussion on Senate Bill 987, also dubbed the Free Flow of Information Act of 2013. So elucidate us, Alex. Sure thing. Well, if anybody wants to read the article, it's at thekdreport.com. I've been doing some uh, uh, contributing to that. Uh, it's the Kimberly Dvorak did the. Uh, she's from San Diego Channel Six News uh, TV, uh, but she's you know like a Ben Swan kind of, and and uh, she did the reporting on the Michael Hastings death, which is w- where no one else would touch. So uh, it's really cool to be on that team. Um, but so what, I, I was quoting this Congressional Research Service summary of the of the bill, and um, uh, this has to do with um, subpoenaing sources. So quote. Whether an entity that acts solely as a host or conduit for information it receives from outside sources, such as WikiLeaks.org, could be said to be engaging in journalism is unclear and would likely need to be determined by a court. Additionally, the Senate, the Senate version uh, uh, is, uh, creates a list of individuals, so it would actually create like an enemies list, like a, a separate kill list uh, for journalists exclusively. Wow. <laughs> and organizations that would be excluded from the definition is. Uh, of journalists, including, quote, agents of foreign powers, individuals on the terrorist watch list, those affiliated with terrorist organizations, and those who have committed terrorist acts. So um, and in relation to domestic terrorism, you know, the Concord, New Hampshire City Council asking for a bear cat because the free staters and the occupiers are, quote, domestic terrorists. I actually live in a town that also has accepted um, uh, Homeland Security grants in Encinitas, California. Uh, they accepted Homeland Security grants after they already used and deployed an armored vehicle uh, locally mm-hmm. here in town, but we don't have the concentration of smart people like the Free State Project does. So I came to that city council meeting on accident with a pre-prepared speech on the police state. I'm like, whoa, is this actually happening? Um, so I actually I recently foiled them um, over what strings are attached with that funding, who they consider a domestic terrorist, because the FBI has their new like. Communities Against Terrorism program, where they're going into these local governments um, saying uh, that, uh, you know, uh, look out for these terrorists. That includes, you know, people with certain political views, uh, Muslims and, quote, people who harbor conspiracy theories about 9-11. Now, I'm not I don't consider myself a conspiracy theorist, but I did have it. I told the city council this straight up. I don't care what you believe uh, as long as you're nonviolent. This is America and dissent is the highest form of patriotism. And you have a right to do that. Uh, even if I may not agree with it. And then I told him that I, as a journalist, I may not agree with everything this guy had to say, but I had an honest and open interview on my radio show uh, with the founder of Architects and Engineers on my show. Um, so I'm wondering if I'm on there, if I'm on that hit list or whatever. Um, and especially with this journalism law, I think it all ties in and, and it's just, uh, it, it's kind of, it, it's not looking good. And I, I don't really like uh, where this is going. And, and uh, uh, this ties into a, um, so uh, Kimberly Dvorak, from the, the one that I'm working with, uh, she, one of her reports on Hastings, uh, she cited a uh, something that WikiLeaks put out. It was one of their Strat4 uh, email hacks, and um, this is this is one of the memos, and this is this is certainly a startling one. Uh, it, it has to do with the CIA and the war on journalism. So it is literally quote. It's a very short email. It basically says quote Brennan is behind the witch hunts of investigative journalists learning information from inside the Beltway sources. There is a specific tasker from the White House to go after anyone printing materials negative to the Obama agenda, end quote. Um, so, <laughs> they, uh, 
that that is that is it all wrapped up in a in a barrel. Like I, they could consider us wow. domestic terrorists because we're libertarians and journalists. Um, they consider free speech domestic terrorism, basically. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that that word affiliated with terrorists. I mean, yeah. what does an affiliation mean? Does that mean you've ever How many talked to one? Of separations. Right, right. And even unwittingly or wittingly as a journalist, like in the case of the Yemeni, uh, I mean, yeah. are, are we, how are we supposed to know who they consider a terrorist? It's impossible to know what their exact definition is because it's such a weasel word, the way they word these things. And it just ends up being whoever they don't like. Exactly. And if you want to read the article, it's at thekdreport.com. Uh, uh, you know, ties all those things together. And by the way, for those of you that didn't know, Michael W. Dean actually was in this uh, very popular psychedelic punk rock band back in the day called Bomb. Uh, so I want to play uh, a song by Bomb called Madness. And then after that, one of the songs from the movie Guns and Weed, The Road to Freedom, which you, you could actually get on Walmart. So go to the wall. I mean, if you want to support Walmart, I don't think uh, I mean, but it's up to you. But you can still see it for yourself. Just go to Walmart and search up Guns and Weed, The Road to Freedom, and then you'll see the DVD up there um but it's a great movie gunsandweed.com it's up there you can watch for free on youtube um so this song is called uh actually let me let me plug uh, my other guest so if you missed any part of the episode so in this hour i, I re-aired the episode of freedom fiends that i was on yesterday uh great time their awesome show freedom fiends uh that's what you just heard and in the second hour, I had Ernest Hancock, the publisher of freedomsphoenix.com. And in the first hour, I had Christina Tobin of Free and Equal Elections Foundation. Uh, and we'll be back after that with the rest of Free Thought Radio, which ends at 9 o'clock. So this is Madness by Bomb, which features Michael W. Dean of the Freedom Fiends. And then after that, we will not disarm from the movie Guns and Weed, The Road to Freedom, the awesome rap of Nima Vidati. Here on KKSM, AM1320, The Radio Revolution, and LRN.FM, The Liberty Radio Network. Freethoughtmedia.org. Anna takes me in her mouth and spits me out in Catholic guilt. She would like to show me all the pretty things inside her room.
Disarm by Nima V and the right arm of Wyoming from the Guns and Weed movie soundtrack. And before that, Madness by Bomb, uh, which featured, which was Michael W. Dean's band uh, from back in the day. They were actually signed on Warner Brothers. Pretty cool. Be sure to tune in next week to the show where I have Jeffrey Tucker, known economist and uh liberty dude and uh owner of lazy fair books and uh, author at the freeman magazine also i have charles w johnson of the alliance of the libertarian left and the editor of the book markets not capitalism also next week i turn 22 years old my birthday on next week's show i got to i got to spend the day uh spitting the truth out over the airwaves couldn't imagine a better way to hang out. Also, spare your birthday wishes. Just do me a favor and play, if you're from California and you're registered to vote, pledge or if you already signed the ballot petitions to get the California Cannabis Hemp Initiative on the ballot, that's all well and dandy. If not, pledge to sign it. Call into the show during the third hour and say, I'm pledging to sign the California Cannabis Hemp Initiative ballot petition, where whatever county you're in, contact your, you know, local petition leader. Um, so basically, anonymous has like a hashtag op420. They have all these different ops, um, but op or is it op cannabis? I don't know. Uh, one of those op420 or op cannabis. So using the excuse of my birthday to do op420, have you guys put legalization on the ballot of 2014? All you got to do is, instead of telling me happy birthday, just say, I pledge to sign it, or I've already signed it. And you just have to be a registered vote in the state of California. And that's all it takes. That is pretty, that is pretty sweet. And uh, um, I really uh, do hope it's, it gets on the ballot. I, I've, I've been uh, gathering signatures uh, 
and everything like that. Just trying to get it out there. Um, Cause it takes seven hundred thousand to get it on the ballot. So if you're interested, go to cchi2014.org. Cchi2014.org. If you're wondering, get it signed. Get it on the ballot. Let's legalize cannabis and hemp in 2014. Uh, there's no better way to save our economy here in California. Saves the government in, in both tax revenue and spending cuts saves at least half a billion dollars per year. And yet they're looking to cut education because the prison industrial complex is a huge lobby. They don't want to touch that. They don't want to pardon people. They don't want to let prisoners go. Uh, that's why it's so important to get this on the ballot so the conversation goes and maybe it'll actually win. That's the awesome part. It could actually win and we could have industrial hemp certified to go right here in the state of California. And it also is very well written. It bans the genetically modified hemp. So it sticks it to Monsanto. March Against Monsanto is this Saturday, October 12th in San Diego. It's at Balboa Park. And again, download the podcast. Freethoughtmedia.org has a link right there on the bottom on, for iTunes. It's just search for Freethought and look for Freethought AAC. Again, my guests on tonight's show were Christina Tobin of Free and Equal, talking about Public Enemy and the Wu-Tang Clan playing at uh, her United We Stand Festival against the two-party system. Uh, I had Ernie from Freedoms Phoenix in the second hour and my appearance on the Freedoms Fiends show in the third hour. But I want to take you away with the coplock.org police accountability report as the news. Freethoughtmedia.org. I'll see you guys next week. The Police Accountability Report. Brought to you by CopLock.org. CopLock is a decentralized project supported by a diverse group of individuals united by their shared goals of police accountability, education of individual rights, and the dissemination of effective tactics to utilize while filming police. From Keene in the Shire, the Liberty Media Capital of the World, this is Daryl W. Perry, host of the Police Accountability Report, brought to you by CopLock.org. This week, a couple of stories that should cause anyone critically thinking to see that those wearing badges aren't always operating with the best of intentions. Agents with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement arrested the former city marshal of Arcadia for taking $151,100 from city accounts over the course of five years. Charles Jr. Lee, 47, of Arcadia, is charged with one count of scheme to defraud, one count of grand theft over $100,000, and one count of official misconduct. The FDLE started their investigation on May 21st of this year, the day after Lee resigned, after the assistant city marshal reported suspicious transactions involving checks Lee had allegedly written. An audit allegedly showed Lee was writing checks to himself from three police department checking accounts. FDLE agents who searched Lee's former office say they found information on checks and receipts that did not match, as well as several completed checks that had not yet been issued but were backdated to 2011 and 2012. 
investigators believe Lee wrote those checks to cover up his theft. Agents also reviewed bank records, which they say showed Lee wrote himself 207 checks from police department accounts from 2006 to 2011. Investigators say the checks ranged in value from $200 to $3,000. The FDLE was not able to get check images prior to 2006. Since Lee was elected city marshal in 2001, they say there could have been even more checks Lee wrote to himself in that period where no records are available. Agents say of the $151,100 taken, only $6,100 might have been used on legitimate expenses related to the police department. They're unable to account for the other $145,000. Lee allegedly told FDLE agents in an interview on July 11th that he started misusing the funds in about 2006 to, quote, maintain his standard of living. When he learned of a pending audit, Lee allegedly said he tried to create fictitious documents to cover up for the theft. He was booked into the DeSoto County Jail on $41,500 bond. In other news, Houston Police Officer Garrett Lindley was placed on indefinite suspension by the police department in July and now has been indicted by a grand jury on misdemeanor charges of official oppression. Nicole DeBoard, Lindley's attorney, said, yes, he denies kicking that person. He did not hurt anyone. He was trying to help fellow officers, and that's it. Eric Falstek was under arrest for DUI in January. He refused a breathalyzer test and was ignoring officer commands in a room at 61 Reisner. Police say they were trying to get his fingerprints on a warrant so they could properly document a blood draw. Officer Jorge Roman says that's when Falstek became combative. Roman says Falstek ended up on the ground, still handcuffed to the bench. Roman was trying to subdue him when he says Lindley kicked Falstek in the face. Falstek says he was on his knees and defenseless, describing the kick as a stomping motion. I got kicked in the mouth, and that's where the blood came out, he testified. Y'all's officers think they can treat anybody any way they want. The alleged assault was reported not by Falstek, but by the other officer who was arresting him. Falstek was convicted and served 75 days in jail. That's this week's Police Accountability Report, brought to you by CopBlock.org. I hope you'll take a moment to consider just what it is that you are being forced to pay for with your taxation and speak out against the violence and the corruption. Until next week, stay safe and remember that badges don't grant extra rights. When you're in our county and you are There are no traffic problems on this October 7th night at 9 p.m. And the weather outside here in San Marcos is 67 degrees. Again, you've been listening to Free Thought Radio on the Free Thought Media Network. Free Thought TV is at YouTube. Check it out at freethoughtmedia.org. Right here exclusively on KKSM, Oceanside, and LRN.FM, the Liberty Radio Network, Keene, New Hampshire. Tune in next week, Monday to 6 to 9. Thanks again, guys. And KKSM After Hours is on right now. You're listening to KKSM, 1320 AM, Oceanside.